Would you rather have wireless on the most reliable network nationwide or unlimited with 5G for $30 a month per line? You don't have to choose with Xfinity Mobile. Wireless so good it keeps one upping itself. Most reliable based on Roots Metric US report. Results vary, not an endorsement. $30 per month per line when you get four lines. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month, where you'll find JD Power's number one brand and new vehicle quality in 2021. And right now, get 0% financing for 72 months on the 2022 Ram 1500 Lone Star. For 2021 J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Not compatible with any other offer. 0% APR financing for 72 months equal $13.89 per month per $1,000 finance for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital regardless of down payment. Not all buyers will qualify. See dealer for details. Offer ends 5-2-22. Thank you so much for downloading this edition of Leedy's 2.0. I wanted to at least give you a little bit of a, a, a warning shot. Not even a warning shot. Let me preface this edition of Leedy's by letting you know that I, Ryan Van Vliet, experienced so many technical difficulties. I think I reference it. I, I bring it up in the beginning of this this edition here. But um, I definitely, my microphone stopped working right as we were streaming. I had done 40 minutes of hashtags and headlines with my friend Zach. And the audio just kept screwing up, kept screwing up. And then I just got to the point where he and I didn't even record anything. We were just talking on Trovo. So this was all done with me holding a microphone in my hand. So if you hear any weird like ambient noise or any weird humming, it's me just holding a microphone because this microphone doesn't fit in the mic stand. So I think I'm going to be, I'll have this all prepared by Thursday for the watch along on Trovo.live slash Vleeties where we will watch a wrestling pay-per-view. The results are still not finalized on Twitter. So if you're listening to this now, go check them out see what we're going to be watching on Thursday. But I just want to let you know, give you a heads up, that there were massive audio issues before we recorded this live on Trovo.live slash Vleetees. So Gino and I get into it. I I even met, uh, mentioned this um, when I was live. I said I don't really have a ton of topics. It was just a constant stream of wrestling thought, wrestling thought. A lot of focus on a certain wrestler that Gino claims is his close personal friend. I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for downloading and being a subscriber. I appreciate you. And again, if there's any issues as far as audio, it'll be fixed by Thursday. Thank you so much. Never mind. We'll never be able to solve those problems all at once. Okay. Those are problems yep. for another. That's for my another, my, my next podcast that I have coming out. It's called why is the beer warm and the seltzer cold? It's uh, it's starring me and a couple other mates. And we're just going to talk about beer. We're going to talk about seltzers. And all we do is compare the warmth. We leave them in the same refrigerator. It's going to be a really interesting listen. But before I debut my new, that's actually going to be live after you and I are done. Because this is, so this is Vleeties 2.0. This is what people have been worried wasn't going to happen. But it's here. People are also confused like, hey, what changes are there going to be? Well, number one, paint splatter. Everyone sees the paint splatter. A huge hit amongst the community. People are digging the paint splatter from the first moment. Number two, uh, I broke a microphone. So I have a new microphone. Uh, who knows how long I'm going to be using this microphone. It's it's an AXA MX100. Never heard of it, uh, but it plugs in. So that's one one bonus on everything is uh, for those who are unaware, for those who have not been here live since the beginning of tonight's stream. Uh, yeah, my microphone just stopped working. Unbelievably annoying, Gino. And then number three change to Vleeties 2.0. You clean. Thank you, Who Better Than Spliff. He's here now. He sees Gino. He wants to be involved. Gino, the room is clean. 
Yes, and I'm finally here. I'm finally able to show you all my face and get back to greatness. Again, I might turn this off to pay what we're doing because if we're streaming other stuff like video feeds, I might have to turn mine off just to make sure it runs well for Trovo. Yeah, I even at least wanna... right now when we're just talking, we're good. Yeah, I almost want to. I got to fix some of the things. Obviously, like you got some space. Yeah. Like I can make you more of a square. There's, I have options too. So, and eventually, you know what you should do, Gino? Just paint that wall green. Get some of the galactic green paint from Home Depot and redecorate that wall, my friend. Just paint it. I see a wall and I want to paint it galactic green. Why buy a green screen when you can buy paint for the same price? Paint is forever. By the way, on my green screen, you can't see because it's off chroma key, obviously. Duh. <laughs> Uh, there's a big uh, stain on it, which I don't know what it's from exactly. I assume it's pretty big too. It looks like Chris Benoit's trunks from the 2000s, where it had those weird like, was it supposed to be like little ovals, and like where the Wolverine got them? Who knows? And I just look. I think it was one night I had a bunch of bug spray on or lotion on. So there's a big like my shoulder print on this green screen. If you get green paint, you don't have to worry about that, Gino. So that would be my advice for Gino 2.0 as we roll into Vleeties 2.0. Uh, yeah, we paint everything green. And I don't mind the idea. I got to like really think about how I want to get this set up because again, right now I'm just running with a laptop with a built-in HD camera. So I will have to like see what I can do, how I can adjust this. And I'm not in the best chair right now i take i took this one dining room chair i have down here now oh, yeah. but i need an actual desk chair you know this beer is so warm i can't let it go for those who are yeah. listening on the podcast this is the warmest bud light i've ever pulled out of my refrigerator in the history of refrigerators it doesn't even have any foam in it though that's what's weird is it looks it looks like a cold beer but it's not a cold beer i'm this is ruining the stream. Now, my first, I tried to, so let's go inside baseball. People love inside. Vleeties 2.0, we're going inside. I tried to record hashtags and headlines before this. My microphone broke. That was very annoying. Put me in a bad mood. Now here you are doing Vleeties 2.0, and this beer is so warm, Gino. What do we, do we just call it? Is this the end? And it's the end of beer, but it's the beginning of seltzer for you oh, to enjoy more seltzer there is a seltzer right here it's topo chico seltzer that means it's made in arizona topo chico very popular drink here in the southern states so gino i did not watch nxt 2.0 last week was kind of this uh like achievement really it was so cool to see uh this halloween havoc show go off as good as it did as well as it did the women's ladder match was outstanding, right? I mean, that ladder match is still being talked about as one of is that in the book? Do you think Tony Khan put that in the book for match of the year? It wouldn't be Tony Khan's book, but it probably is Vince McMahon's book for favorite for triple threat tag team ladder matches. I think it's well it's just ladder, not TLC. Ladder. That's true. There were no tables. But also it's one of the very first scare way to hell ladder matches. Too. Oh, it was so scary. That's true. It was a scare way to hell. But yeah, this was a really good match. Awesome. Like, it's still being talked about. Highlights are being shown on Instagram every single day. Much like I posted a highlight of Survivor Series 2003 Watch Along. You and I were watching Survivor Series last Thursday, having a grand old time. I was talking about Levi Jeans during the Undertaker Vince McMahon match. I put that on Instagram, at Vleeties Pod. I'm right there. <laughs> Vleeties 2.0. We had the backsplash. It was outstanding. It was a, it was a hoot and a holler. So I really uh, encourage everyone to go take a look at that as well. And Gino, it looks like uh, if we can preview for Thursday's discussion, uh, Capital Punishment is in the lead right now. Th now, this morning, 
SummerSlam or yeah, SummerSlam was winning by a lot. So I know you accuse Nathan Weller of rigging the poll. Are we yes. right to accuse you of rig- rigging this poll? No, because with me, the only time I voted, because I only have one Twitter account that I use, there was a second one I made because I couldn't log into the original one first, but now I found a way to get back to it. But all I voted for is Genesis, because Genesis is one of my favorite pay-per-views of TNA, and it was like, could be an event that got people into TNA, and they might want to watch it now in hindsight. But isn't that TNA? People aren't going to be able to watch that anymore. Now we have Impact Wrestling. It's nowhere It's nowhere near what that 06 Genesis was. That 06 Genesis was the genesis, if you will, of TNA really becoming that secondary option. Now, I was already watching it. I mean, can I be the coolest man in the room? Uh, I was already watching TNA at that time, but when Kurt Angle got there, they had they already had Christian. They were having some of the best pay-per-views, the best matches, and it felt like a true alternative from WWE. Once they got out of that Jeff Jarrett era where Jeff Jarrett was the champion most of the time, it did launch sort of this, hey, Hey, WWE fans, watch this. This is good. You don't like the kid stuff or you don't like the the John Cena stuff? Watch this. And I think they really took advantage of that in 06 because Kurt Angle, one of his last notable feuds, at least in my head, other than Shawn Michaels, was that John Cena feud. And people were booing the shit out of Cena because they like Kurt, right? I mean, that was one of them. But then there was later on, because I think it was like near the end of it, his debut run was his feud with Taker. Which went from no mercy, uh, no way out to then that WrestleMania match, which was not him. It was Taker, it was Mark Henry Taker, but he was still kind of there because he was still Davari's. Oh yeah, they, member, they yeah it? they passed. Well, Davari was passed from that was the Royal Rumble match, wasn't it? Because it was. Oh uh, yeah, it was Kurt won the belts like at a at a SmackDown Battle Royal in between Armageddon because Batista got hurt in between Armageddon and Royal Rumble. Angle got the belt. He fought Mark Henry, and it was like, hey, DeVar used to be my manager. Now he's Mark Henry's manager. Right, and, that's it. I was kind of confusing timelines. Because I remember there was a taker. Well, and I remember Kurt watching Henry. that Royal Rumble, and if, for those who uh, – I'm going to put that on the poll. We're going to watch Royal Rumble 06 this Thursday, I think, because it, it is strange. The Royal Rumble was not the main event, and that blew a lot yeah. of people's minds. Like, why is that not last? It's, it's the Royal Rumble. Rey Mysterio, this huge moment – of him winning, but uh, we had to do Edge and Cena afterwards, and then Mark Henry and Kurt, and everybody, a lot of people, including me, were like, why is Mark Henry and Kurt last? That buzzing is my finger on my microphone. Don't, yeah, don't I got be alarmed. Because um, for those who are unaware, again, I'm holding my microphone like King Woods, by the way, uh, and I'm talking to Sir Kofi Kingston, but that, that pay-per-view ends, that Royal Rumble ends with like the ring shaking. And Undertaker returns, and he's here. He's here for, uh, what's his face, for Kurt Angle and the World Heavyweight Championship. And that wasn't at WrestleMania because Undertaker was going to lose, right? Yeah, we thought and then it was just him and Henry, and then we had the triple threat that same year. Yeah, we, had Kurt, the, we finally Rain, had the Randy, Orton, the Randy Orton match that we'd all been begging for, Randy Orton in the main event of a WrestleMania. Uh, yep. Although it didn't really go his way. We can all nope. we can all admit that. But either way, uh, yeah, we're watching Capital Punishment is what it looks like. Unless we get a couple more votes for SummerSlam, uh, I don't know what to expect because honestly, Gino, I'm not that big of a Capital Punishment guy. I'm shocked that that's going to win. We're talking about how great TNA was in 06, how great WWE was in 03, 
And now I'm looking at 2011 WWE, which I've been very vocal about not being. The only reason I really enjoyed that era of WWE is because of Kevin Scampoli and Danny Richardson. Yes, but this is the perfect time for us to get back now in hindsight for us to enjoy it now, being aware and having this big moment. The only world championship match R Truth has ever had in WWE being against John Cena, the guy he hold they had a whole feud on between both companies. <laughs> well, R Truth had that feud. I don't know if Cena was really Cena involved. Cena responded in sometimes. <laughs> Did he ever? Is then it... there was the whole WrestleMania stuff was going on where it was going to be Jay Z and him, and that never happened, but it could have happened. Was the reports for Cena and that Jay Z? I mean, these are reports. These are Meltzer reports. Yes. I'm talking about things that I've seen. I watched R Truth talk in a car about Cena, and yes. I never watched Cena. Never got in his car and was like, "This fucking guy's talking shit about me." Like that never happened. Cena was Cena did what WWE does. WWE isn't wrestling. Okay, they don't want to be affiliated with R Truths. They don't want to be affiliated with TNAs and AEWs. We're sports entertainment. And then even on this Broken Skull Sessions or whatever, Austin had to look at Vince and go, you know it's professional wrestling, right? No, sports entertainment. Yeah, now like uh, since we all start kind of talking about like older TNA when we've got people coming in, I still remember that one advertisement they had where it was Rhino is coming, more are coming. And then like in the back, you kind of hear that same voiceover guy say, Vince fears Jared. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little silly. And obviously, if you're the number two, you do have to you have to acknowledge the number one. When the number one, they were in such a different game. And it goes back to even the 80s. You know, Vince didn't want to have a world champion. He wanted to have the WWF champion. This is our, we're, we're our own thing. Like I was talking about last week, the Universal Championship makes so much sense now. When they announced it, I, we all thought, what a stupid belt. Stupid name. It's red. It sucks. And now looking back, it's so genius. Everybody's got a world title. He didn't want to have a world title in 2001 when they renamed the WCW title the world title. But there was no other wrestling company. So it was like, oh, that's fine. World title. And here we are now in 2021. When was that? 2016. Hey, Vince, we need to name a new belt. We already got rid of the big gold world title. What are we going to call this one? What a perfect name in the Universal Championship. That's true. It was an amazing name for that time. It was absolutely right to do for then to have a new title that then just became a show's major title instead of just the major title. Whether they could just no more brand split, just have the Universal title. That's it. The only title. Now you have the Universal and the WWE. Yeah, I, and, I, and I think that works because even the WWE, they still refer to it as the WWE uh, world heavyweight championship like it's that that whole name is in there now because when they first brought you know the undisputed wwe champion they they got rid of world heavyweight title and then bischoff came out and was like hey hunter you're now the world heavyweight champion i'm bringing this belt back for you and, and for wcw yeah just to kind of hey you're friends with rick flair we're on raw i'm eric bischoff and, you know, even the rumors, if, if we were to believe them to be true, from Bruce Pritchard even telling us, Raw was supposed to be the WCW show and SmackDown was going to be WWE. So that's kind of what they ended up doing in 2002, which if you had asked me back in 02, Raw was the, was the lesser show. SmackDown was the hip and cool one with Kurt Angle and Benoit and Brock and Eddie. There were so many reasons to watch SmackDown where Raw was kind of, 
Ah, we got to watch Bubba Ray and Spike Dudley in the tag team. You got to see Hunter just dominate everybody. Hey, Hunter was the best part of that show. In 03, when Hunter really took it over, it got real good. All right, once I got Randy and Batista involved with Hunter, it started to make sense. And I did eventually become a Raw guy. Uh, But that SmackDown 02 era, once they did the brand split, it was immediate. SmackDown was great. Because Raw was having like Big Show and Ric Flair and handicap matches with Austin. It's like, what are you guys doing? I'm going to go watch SmackDown. So, yeah, uh, some strange booking on that front, you know. But speaking of SmackDown, me and the Superior Show, I watched like half hour, like maybe 45 minutes of Hulu Raw. I watched all of SmackDown from this past Friday, you know, and I have questions. Yes. Where is Mace? I was told Mace was getting a big push. He was getting a new gimmick. He was either there's there's no such thing as competition for me because I'm Mace. Like, where's he been at? Have you heard from him? Is he like wait? Is he one of those guys waiting in Gorilla for his match? Because I watched the SmackDown. They had to rush the Sami Zayn backstage segment. He started talking and they cut away. They're like, we don't have time for this shit. All right, we got tag matches to have. What's going on, Gino? Again, I don't know what's happening with one of my close personal friends, Mace. I don't know what's happening with his personal, like his work time right now. Whether he be on TV because he's been working main event and do it like main event mainly right now. Oh, so he's having matches. Okay, cool. Because I didn't even know he was. Yes. Right. He's so he's working main event. Who's what's he doing on there? Is he just big bad heel on main event? He what's- mainly is like a big dude. Cause like he had a match I think one or two weeks ago against Finn Balor. Before Finn Balor had to go to. Crowd jewel. He did that on main event? Yeah, main event. It was him and Finn Balor. One oh, on one. Who won? Guess. Ah, uh, see, could they at least give him a DQ loss or something? No. He's got to make. Base doesn't get to win on main event. We, we got to make Finn win since Finn was going to lose a crowd jewel. Yeah, but nobody's watching main event. That's the perfect place to let Mace get a random win and then carry it over to the main show, SmackDown, where Finn obviously gets the win. Main event should be this. Remember Velocity, Gino? We can yes. experiment with, with this show. This show is and like we this, might. It's like this sexy taboo. It's WWE, but nobody's seeing it, so it doesn't really count. Like That's what we're Only watching. Only people in the crowd sees it. Yeah. <laughs> people who hey, really want to pull it up on who. I went to main event. Uh, or I, I didn't go to main event. I went to Raw, and main event was before it. <laughs> and Bobby Roode and Cedric Alexander had a kick-ass match. Like One of those matches where... These two guys come out. They don't really, they're not doing much on the show right now. So, hey, I know Bobby Roode. I was excited to see him. I think that was my first time seeing Bobby Roode. So I'm pumped up to see Bobby. I like Cedric Alexander. And they had an awesome match, false finishes. It was probably like a 15, 20 minute match. Now, if you watch it on main event, it was like a four minute match, which is another interesting thing about main event is how short those matches are. Uh, compared to like when you're there alive, it's, hey, you we're opening that door an hour before the show starts. So we're only having two matches. They're going to be long. I think the Usos even said it on a podcast. Like their best matches were on Superstars. They just had like 20-minute matches with with other tag, like with Tyson Kidd and David Hart Smith on Superstars. And nobody would see him because they'd edit out all the match. They would just show you, hey, we're going to go to commercial break. We'll be right back. And then they just cut out like, 15 minutes of that match and show you the end so i don't know i i think of mace on main event is a good sign at least they're playing yes. with that toy they're keeping that toy fresh so and having crowd reacting to him which is what really matters as we found out was there maybe pay attention to. was there crowd reaction is mace getting the booze 
Yes, there is getting reaction, which is what matters. People are booing him because of how he does play to the crowd. Because I did, again, that's what I like. He I did some reaction. I did, I already reaction. I did some research. I watched Marcellus Black at Reality of Wrestling. Okay, it's really the yes. only stuff I could really find on YouTube, and he was. Uh, he's in better shape now. I got to give him credit for that. Yes, he, he, is. he definitely is in a lot better shape. Amazing shape compared oh, dude, to how he was. Like he was still good as like he was able to work as the show good. Oh, dude, the best shape. He's in the best shape. He looks so great now. And he so he wasn't having the best matches. But I'm watching reality of wrestling. All right, it's not just his fault. And yes. you know he's having you know th- that Nico Nico knee thing. I thought was a little yes. silly. Like I know that uh, indie. He's fans, an anime guy. Great black otaku. No, I know that indie fans probably like that shit. That's the stuff that Vince and Triple H see, and kind of like, okay, this is for this is serious business. Okay, don't fuck around. All right. If we wanted <laughs> to watch a cartoon, for this kid show. Yeah, if we wanted to watch a cartoon, we'd watch a cartoon. Okay. Do you think Hulk Hogan would do a Nico Nico knee? No, he'd do a leg drop like a real man. <laughs> So yes, I think a little Even bit of he it. also had a cartoon, the yeah. Hulk Hogan Rock and Wrestling Show. Yeah, but his cartoon wasn't a Nico Nico knee. Like he wasn't ripping <laughs> off another cartoon. Like it's nobody's anime or cartoons. You shouldn't call them that, but that's okay. Who's coming out? It's a cartoon. Uh, are we going to argue about the logistics of the the difference between a cartoon and an anime? We could have actually that should what be a good mean? topic to discuss. Like it's happening here then, because I I'm holding a microphone in my hand. I don't have. I probably do have the ability to type shit out, but I'm afraid to move this hand. So, wh- what's happening? Why? What do you think is the real difference? Because as now, Gino, I don't mean to pull this card. As an adult male who got into anime last year, um, they are very, very, very similar. As in, they are drawn. As in, there's voice acting. As in, there's no live action people on a set. They're all done in similar buildings. So, what do you think the difference is? Well, here's one difference besides, like, the, the obvious one is one's Western, one's Eastern designed and created from America and then from Japan. Boondocks. Then there's also, yes, I guess you can consider Boondocks as anime, to an extent, <laughs> or at least anime-inspired, just like Naruto. Not Naruto. Uh, Naruto. No, uh, Avatar is uh, anime-inspired, but yeah, that's see? not from Japan. That's American- all right. Drawn. Other than the obvious, the, that one is Japanese. Okay, yes. gotcha. There also is the subtleties, like the storytelling, because kids and like cartoons don't always have like the deeper stories where you question reality and like humanity, like in Death Note, where you have like just this long question where who is are people inherently bad or does evil come from control and power? Who would you put in the note? Who would you put in the death note? Or would you use it? We've talked about this. Would you Again, do it, Gino? About, I don't think I would do it, man. Again, I don't know I, there are a lot of people that are really bad and that should be taken to account that don't. But at the same time, that would give too much power. And I think it would go to my head eventually and make me feel or believe me as a god. We look at it from different point of views. I'm Christian, Catholic. So my point of view is I don't want to go to purgatory. Like That's my big thing is... Yes. Are there people that I would like to eliminate and kill? Sure. Like, why not? Why? Absolutely. I think there's always going to be people that you don't get along with or people that you look at in the world and you go, this person's causing more harm than good. Let's remove them. And I bet things get better. And yeah, sure. Absolutely. We There's so many names that we could put on a list like that. But the actual act of doing it puts my soul into purgatory. I am not writing in that death note, Gino. Okay. Because yeah. I am not and going to. And there's also the 
possibility because again we believe the idea like nature and how it will always take its course and that if there is something evil it's supposed to be there because it is holding back from other evil trying to then take its place there always has to be an equal exchange like good and evil in the universe well and even i'm writing to uh i'm writing to my good friend who better than split but everything is broken tonight he did a tts tts is, it's grit yeah no it's tts on here on it's uh for me it was grit not tts oh, did, no is it all right try grit yeah, it's Throw grit out there. Who better than Spliff? Let's see if that works. Because I don't remember. Yeah, Spliff point grit. We changed that like Thursday. Oh, did we? I don't remember that. Everybody use grit. Exclamation point grit. That'll be fun. I got to put a note in that somewhere. But either way, yeah, I think with the Death Note, I think there there is a deeper story in that. But I don't necessarily look at all cartoons as just Ren and Stimpy or Cat. Who better than Spliff says? You know, Fat Gino. You know, Fat Gino. Gino, you fixed the grit, and he yelled at you. So yeah. I look at cartoons, maybe not, but even like a family guy or even a Simpsons, like they might not have, some of these episodes do have deeper meaning. Even South Park will throw some deep meanings in there in regards to whether it's, you know, family or religion, they can do that. Now, if you want to talk about chronological storytelling, yeah, I do think that there are more animes that will do that. But you do look at, you know, we talked about, I don't know, Boondocks. We talked about some of these other American ones. I would just yep. say they're all cartoons. They're all, it's all colorful and animated. And I guess that is a fine idea. Again, that is that opinion that you have in mind is just that I consider anime to be a little bit different and should be seen as different than just a cartoon. Have you cried watching an anime? Coach. I have, yes. I'm trying to think if I've ever done it, because I don't know if I have. Maybe in My Hero, I probably teared up a few times. Uh, especially. I remember tearing up in uh, Naruto. I didn't finish uh, Naruto. I didn't finish Naruto. I've only watched like six or seven episodes. The English voice actor they chose is terrible. So, yes. So I Believe it. it. Yeah, I watch it in Japanese, and... When I watch something in Japanese, I really got to, I mean, I'm focused. I got to sit there like this, yep. like really in it. Like, hey, hey, buddy. But this isn't niche enough, Gino. We're supposed to be talking about wrestling. So Mace. Yeah, so we need to talk that Mace, my close personal friend, sadly, has not been on SmackDown, but at least they've been having him wrestle, having crowd reaction. This giant seven foot tall man that everyone's scared of, as he posts on Twitter, that he's just a big tall man that people are afraid of. And he's your That's friend. He What's yes. he doing? Is he pitching to Vince? Is he doing a Chelsea Green? Is he outside the office? Like, hey, uh, Vince, not... I got a great, I got a great idea. First of all, we got to change his name, and we're gonna. I got some great ideas. Again, I've not entirely like had a chance to like speak with him about his work because I try not to ask about work when he's again when the chance I have a chance to when I do have a chance to speak with him, it's when he's streaming on his YouTube. Isn't he so not streaming anymore? No, he streams under his VTuber avatar, which is Chiba. Wait, so uh, is he? Is this why he's not getting a push? He's still streaming? No, he's, that's completely different, though. I think Chiba is not my close personal friend, Mace. He's my close personal friend, Chiba, who's a completely different person who is not affiliated with the WWE. He's affiliated with the World Wailing Federation. What? He's, he, likes, yes, he's... he likes streaming so much that he's going behind yes. Vince's and uh, who, who who's there? Canyon Siemens back, and he's yes. Mark Carano's back, 
and like he's streaming elite like on the side like what is this why is he doing that why is he jeopardizing just because he enjoys streaming and most of his money all the money he does get donated to him it's going to charity all every week yeah but he can make a bunch of money if he gets a big push and becomes the next seth rollins and that's thing he doesn't really again he does stream because he enjoys enjoys the actual communication with the fans and being able to be in a Look, sense himself that, that's all, mace is just a role player character but that's it's great cool. that's all good that's all fine and dandy but i'm talking about long term if he gets caught or maybe they told him that's okay to do so that's totally fine but yeah, it, some people are fine to do it. like we've talked about this like at other jobs i've had if they tell you to not drink coffee you don't drink coffee you want to get paid you want to progress there are certain sacrifices that you have to make hey wear a collared shirt every day it's like really? Yeah, every day. What about Casual Friday? Collared shirt. You, like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Hey, don't stream on Twitch. Okay, fine, I'll do it. Like, there are things that you do. Get vaccinated. Okay, fine, I'll do it. Like, there are things that you do, and it seems like everyone else is complying. So for for this guy now to decide, hey, it's more important to stream me playing video games or doing a talk show, he's putting that above potentially becoming the next Roman Reigns, right? It's possible. At the same time, he's been doing this for longer than even he worked in WWE. He oh, did this yeah. like early days when he was streaming and then on just YouTube uploading great Black Otaku videos. And now he is the better Wooly because there was a whole feud with him and Wooly versus. No, and look, I don't know. YouTube. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I know at you all. don't know much about YouTube. But yeah, I, know. I don't know what that meant at all there, but I'm just saying I'm looking at AJ Styles. I'm looking at Zelina Vega. There are other prominent Twitch streamers. I mean, Adam Cole left. Not- he left out of. He left the company because he was like, "No, I'm streaming on Twitch. I love it. I'm addicted. I will never stop." Now we got. I, I'm afraid to even publish this. Like, is Mace gonna get in trouble because we just outed him as G Bone? Uh, no, we uh, we do not consider he's not cheap. What are you talking about? This is a completely different person. I'm telling you this right now. Chibo is in the World Wailing Federation. Man, I just feel like if I, was, if I was in the WWE, I would try to be WWE champion so fucking bad. It really would be like, hey, like do this, do that, do this, do that. It's like I'm going to do all this to get to where I want to be. I feel like maybe they saw his Twitch stream and they said, okay, they saw him, they saw Jack, they saw Shane Thorne. And they decided, my boy. hey, you guys, you guys are going to be in retribution. And it's like, what? That sounds terrible. No, no, no. It's going to be way worse than that. Like that, Maybe that's what happened. Maybe this stream he's getting him in trouble, Gino. What's his email? I'll, I'll, I'll text him. Again, I don't remember his email. I think the only other way I contacted him is by Discord. So that's my only way of communication with my close personal friend. But is he but giving? Speaking, can he give us some insight though? Why is he not getting a bigger push? I don't mean to be your friend. He doesn't need to be a bigger push. That's thing. He's enjoying his life. He has a family. He has a wife and three daughters. Do you know he's a wrestler? I want to watch him win belts. I don't want to watch him lose to Finn Balor on main event. I like. Can you imagine if you didn't know this guy and we were talking about anybody? Let's talk about Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy showed up on SmackDown, makes his big SmackDown return. I feel great. It's great to be back on SmackDown, Kayla, or whoever he was talking to. It was the blonde chick. Ma- great, Megan. I'm so happy to be here. And he gets interrupted by Mad Cat Moss and Corbin, and then yes. does, doesn't even come out and fight them later. Like It's just this weird nope. waste of time. So if I'm Jeff Hardy's friend, if I'm his close personal friend, 
I'm going, Jeff, what the hell was that? Why? What's, what is the plan for you on this show? Because as your close person, talent. Is it? Because Mad Cat yeah, Moss is, and Baron Corbin aren't that young. They're younger than Jeff. So that's just they the line? They have a future. Especially Riddick Moss. He's still pretty young. Riddick Moss has a future. And he probably does. I like Mad Cat Moss. He really does. But you think he's going to be a future WWE champion or what? I think I could see Riddick Moss as champion. He well, just needs not Mad Cat. I could see name. Mace as a future champion, but you just told me yes. he doesn't need a push. You just told me he that. Doesn't. He doesn't. Again, he, if he gets pushed, that's what I would love so much because, again, we already do have the built-in story still of Brock and him, which will happen. It has uh, to. Uh, uh, it doesn't have to, but. Yes, it does. That Timelines was... are set. We've had this. It happens either in this timeline or it's already happened in another timeline that we don't get to existence at. That was Dio Madden, okay? I'm talking about Mace. I don't know why you're not it's on the, the same person. Is it? Because I watched Marcellus Black come out, and I was like, that kind of looks like Mace. Didn't look like Dio Madden. And They explained, again, like when Retribution started, they explained, like, you all were disenfranchised. You all were disrespected because they showed how, again, Dijak died on NXT. I don't remember. Shane See, Thorne was oh, on Raw that's with... True. Uh, Brendan Vink. Yeah, Duke Hudson. And then Dio gets killed in the announcer table. Bye, bro. The only thing I remember about Retribution was people make fun of me because my name is Mustafa. And now you guys need stupid names too, so you know what it's like. And by the way, Mustafa Ali cut another pretty good promo when he lost to Drew. Is he going to get a new name? Is he going to be the new Mace? No, I think he's going to stick with Mustafa Ali and have make people understand to address him properly. And not do a match unless he's addressed properly. He's like one win Mike away. Rump. He's like one win away from being like a world champion. Like I, I honestly can see he, that. I'm not, I'm not. If it wasn't for Randy, he would have. I actually think if it was for Randy fucking him up, whether it be on accident or on purpose, <laughs> it would have been a big push for Mustafa. But Randy fucked him over, and then Kofi made Randy it. fucked him over. Is the is the narrative that you really believe? Yes, I believe because again, we remember from Randy Orton's documentary, he says that there are those accidental, on purpose injuries people cause to other wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Randy says sorry, it. but now I get this push. Yeah, and he gives it to Dude, Kofi. Randy yeah. gets the, somebody that yes. Rand, somebody that Randy hates. Yeah, so I love all these backstage stories that people try. I, like even Bruce, it's so great to listen to Bruce when Conrad brings up these weird conspiracies. Like, oh yeah, let's book an entire pay per view, advertise the fuck out of it, and the entire purpose of it is to bury WCW because that's for fucking twenty years ago. Yeah, great idea. It's like, yeah, I don't think Randy Orton gives a shit if Mustafa Ali is getting a push or not, and I don't think he would like to see Kofi get that push either. He goes out, even when he injured the Singh brother, he felt terrible. He he like they're all friends now. So just because guys are on top doesn't mean they're assholes. And I want Mace to get a push. I don't know why you're against this push. Again, I wanted to get a push. So I'm not saying I'm against it. I just understand he doesn't feel that he needs the push because he's getting paid. Let me talk to him. He's doing his job, getting paid. He can get paid more. I don't know why he doesn't understand that. You get paid more if you're on top. Like, I know wrestling's fake, but if you're Brock Lesnar, you make more more than Mace. Like, this is an easy, this is easy math for my good friend Mace. Uh, Hey, Get put your get in Vince's ear, do something, change this name, get rid of Mace, go back to Dio, or even go by Marcellus. Just one name, that's fine. Uh, be Marcellus, be a mob boss or something like. 
It could be just like Pulp Fiction or something. I would be in Vince's ear if this guy's so happy that he's making money. He could have been a banker. But again, he could have. But again, he still wanted to live his dream to be a wrestler and have these great connections and friends and working as hard as he can and just enjoying life with him and his wife and his children. All right. Hey, if he's enjoying it and the next round of releases comes through and that's when he gets cut because he didn't pitch any ideas. He wasn't trying to really get out there. He's got the size. That's what that's what confuses me is when I look at him and this is especially after we released all these guys and we said no one less than six foot, no one in their thirties. I looked at Mason T bar like, dude, you have two main eventers in like right here. You have two guys that are taller than six, five. They both weigh over 250 pounds. Why are their faces painted? What are we doing? And look, I know that, uh, I know that, uh, Marcellus black painted his face, but uh, you know, we could talk about that, but either way, I'm looking at those two guys. All we got to do is repackage these dudes and we can make two main eventers. So that was what was going through my head. But now if I'm hearing from the talent themselves, they don't really want that push or they're not really going to put themselves out there and do anything extra to get recognized in that regard. Now it's making a little more sense why they're still where they're at. I mean, they are doing it. If you look up Mace's Twitter, he's active on Twitter. That's the whole thing. That's what people pay attention to social media now. And he's actually really good at social media, him and Tiba. I feel are still at least good enough to at least keep eyes on them with social media. And even with Mace, um, it's Mace the wrestler. Mace the wrestler. See, I didn't even know he was on Twitter, so that's frustrating. And Great Black Otaku is his other Twitter, which is his, which well, that's another Twitter that someone who is very similar to him posts on, on both Twitter and Instagram. Great Black Otaku. So Mace the wrestler. See, he's not even pulling up when you search. If you put, put Mace WWE Twitter, I think you'll then see Mace the wrestler. Okay, that's so there's there's two guys that pop up. There is the great black otaku, and that's yes. Jibo, who you were talking about. Yes, and then tallest, is, tallest, coolest Mace. Yes, tallest, coolest Mace is his new handle. I forgot he changed it. So good luck, everyone. He said that yesterday. Uh, I started the Let's Go T-Bar Revolution chant. Kick his ass, or yes. Retribution, kick his ass T-Bar. He's got an action figure. I don't know. Who's this? He yes. at? We've met. Who's this chick? Oh, that's me. Reckoning. Because so, he said the whole tweet was day be having that the, he's introduced to Reckoning because that was, fuck, what's his name? Punishment's finisher. Yeah, what's that about? Yeah. Um, it's, it's called Reckoning. So it's like, yeah, I've met her before. But either way, I'm just saying that mace could be a, a way bigger deal than than what and he, he is right now. and and you keep saying you will be but i also would like to point out that you also said he doesn't need a push so yes but he will he's gonna get the push because mace is based that's gonna be the big chain in the future mace is based hey and i'm i'm with it okay i like a big dude he's intimidating looking he's good enough in the ring to that i think it'll work out i just think it's weird that when I'm like asking, hey, is he doing anything extra? Give me some sort of a scoop. And your response is, he's making money for his family. He's happy. It's like, look, that's great. But I want him to be like, I don't think Triple H would have ever given me that answer. Maybe now, maybe now he would give me that answer. Like, look, I had a heart attack. I'm uh, I'm very happy. My family's taken care of. This business has given me so much. It's it's I'm really great. I feel like if I asked him a year ago, like Hunter, like you know, what are you working on? NXT needs to be bigger. We're in the Wednesday Night War. 
We took this war on. It was our choice. We came to the battlefield. I want to put on the best product every single night. I have all these ideas. What are your ideas? Oh, we're going to have to build our tag team division to rival AEW's. Our women's division is going to be better than AEW. Like, he would have all these things to say. He wouldn't go, look, I just want NXT to be cool, and I wanted to make enough money to feed my family. Like, he wouldn't say that to me, Gino. He probably wouldn't, but at the same time, again, Mace has already had a long career himself working from the NFL to then go to independently working wrestling with reality wrestling starting off to eventually be signed with WWE and be an NXT developmental for years to then finally be on the main roster. I don't even remember. He's already had a long career already. Yeah, but a long career, Triple H's career is longer. See, like, yes, it is. I need more. I need more than, hey, I've done it. Like, no, you haven't done shit yet. He's He's done a lot. How many the NFL? He was a football player for your team. He played for the Raiders. I know he played for uh, the Redskins. Which one? The Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys. Right. Either way, use that. Football player. Do something. Get get a big push. Like look at other football players that are getting big. Biggie went to Iowa, and I know that Mace buries that shit. That should be his gimmick. Is I played college football. I played professional football. There's so like I, I just feel like everything he's doing is counterproductive as far as making him a main eventer. He he went to the NFL. Brock Lesnar didn't make a didn't make the final cut. Yes, and that's what we could get. That's what I'm saying is we have build as well where he could talk negative and talk shit on Brock that he actually was successful in the NFL and then he left. Uh, like Brock who could do it. Was he successful in the NFL? How long was he there? Um, not too long. Look up Brandon Williams. I'm taking a look. Oh, is it, his name is not Dio Madden. <laughs> I type yes, his Madden. real name is Brandon Williams. Brennan, right? Not Brendan. Brennan. Yes. Brennan. Brennan. Yeah, Brennan. Williams. Mace. T Bar. Oscar. Why is that? Mace, not T Bar. Why is that one of the first things that pops up? Why is Oscar part of the things? Does it do? Are him and Oscar dating? I thought you said he was married. Uh, no, he's married. He's married to Sierra Williams. Why? Yes. So he went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Pretty good school. He's a mass hole. He's from Massachusetts. Yes, he's, he is. He is eleven days younger than me, so he's only thirty. I thought he was a little older. So this is great. Yep. So Vince doesn't want people in their thirties. This guy is thirty. It's not in the thirties. He's just sort she's of in safe. it. So at college, that group. so professional football, Houston Texans, he was selected in the third round. That's pretty high up, Gino, uh, yes, of is. the 2013 draft. He would miss his rookie season with a fracture in his knee. That sounds terrible. He was yeah. released, so he never played for the Texans. He signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tony Jones, with the intention of being a backup. He was released by Jacksonville. Then he made it to the Patriots. He never played it down, Gino. Come on, we can't pretend like he, he was... did. He's been all over the place. I'm like Brock. He only went to combat. He no, he and was on the Vikings. Run. He was on the Vikings well, practice the Vikings. squad, and that's what I'm saying. A practice squad. Well, that, so was your boy here. Williams was on the yes, practice squad. He's been squad. on three different teams. Three different practice squads compared to one. Like Brock took the hint and left. Uh, so then he turned to reality of wrestling after being released by the Patriots. He was trained by Booker T, which also feels like it would give him a, a bonus. Like, hey. I was trained by one of your Hall of Famers. I should get a pretty good look here. Why am I not? And that is probably what got him signed. Why am I not getting a good look? He had a tryout in 2016 in Orlando, and then they signed him. So he was only wrestling for, what, a, a month? He was only yeah. wrestling for like a month? Again, he got trained by Booker. 
That's what God said. Well, by by this list that I'm looking at here, he was signed by Booker. He made his debut in February on February 1st of 2016. He then signed with NXT on February 11th. So yep. did did he have one match on the Indies? Just reality wrestling, I would think. Okay, so that is true. Okay, so when I yeah. found that on online, that's there's a reason for that. I found yep. he was on reality wrestling because that's the only thing he ever did. He was there. He had one or he had like three matches there, which I'm sure yep. was like one weekend of TV tapings, and he had a couple matches. And like I said, pretty cool. He showed. I mean, I saw him show up and get out of a car, and they showed him painting his yep. face like Sting. That was cool. Um, look, I'm trying to give this guy credit. I'm the one who's saying he needs to be screaming at Vince for a push or walking. I would tell Vince, you don't like me? I'm out of here. I'm going to go win a belt everywhere else. Watch. So, and and then he was in a battle royal in September of 2016. And then, yeah, in June 2019, that's when he became Dio Madden. Now, like, what was that? How come he just went from... NXT developmental talent to I'm the announcer now. My name is Dio Madden. I finally have a new name because he wasn't. Was he ever wrestling in NXT like before? He was this? wrestling on house shows during coconut loops. But Coca-Cola. I will say the person you find out about that, I will tell you it was Paul. Paul who? Payment. Oh, Paul Heyman. Because he was in charge of Raw. Kind of. Kind of, that's right. Yeah, he had Ron. That's like we had the period of time where it's like we didn't know if it's him, then there was holding up a Bischoff name, and the Bischoff gets fired. So we bring in Dio Madden, we bring in a new commentator. But and Brendan Irving. As somebody that watched this era, it just, it just I, I thought the only reason that he was brought onto this commentary team was for six months down the road, he would get beat up by Brock, and then it was just over. Like, I don't know why. I don't even remember his commentary. I'm sure it was fine. I do. There was this one, again, there was this classic bit, again, because he talks about, like, when he did this. During that Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins and The Fiend. Oh, was he They had the mallet. Yes, he was calling this. So, again, during this part, again, in case some people may not know, again, a little bit insider wrestling, you normally have Vince yelling in your ear, telling you what to say. So, Seth, for the, so, Fiend has the mallet, his special mallet he had on his show. And he thrusts the mallet into Seth Rollins. And then Brennan, Dio Man, had to call and say that he is being impaled by the mallet. Which again, technically by the action, it was being impaled. And he was explained to say it was technically an impalement. But again, as a mallet, you don't impale people with a mallet. Right. And people were making fun of it, like, you don't impale someone with the mouth. But he was like, tagly by the action of what was happening, it was an impalement into the cell with the mouth. Yeah, I mean, I uh, so, so so people, people were giving him shit for that. I don't even remember yes. that. So I will always remember that. Call. I do remember SmackDown's commentary was hilarious this past week. Pat McAfee is so fucking funny. When During yeah. that trick or street fight, oh, my gosh, he had Michael Cole laughing because I was laughing. I had to rewind it because it was so funny. When he talks about yes. this is a whore show with an H, because you know whore is also spelled with a W. It was so funny. He's a hoot. I know that a lot of wrestling fans don't like him because he's just he's just a a guy watching wrestling with you, and he's being paid to yell and talk about it, and it's so great. I and he yes. he, he does the the over the top like accent with his, his smacked on. You know just how he talks about everything is so funny. 
But I, I, what an amazing job on SmackDown. I barely remember Dio yeah. on Raw, which honestly means it was probably fine. You know, I'm just saying, hey, I, it didn't. Yeah, he wasn't Mike Adamly. You know, he didn't jump out. Yes, yeah. again, he was good. Again, you know, again, him, Vic, and Jerry were really good together. I thought they were good chemistry. I love Vic Joseph. I don't know what happened yes. there as far as hey, he's he's on Raw now. He's going back because even when Tom Phillips got fired this most recent time i thought it was so obvious vic joseph was going to raw maybe triple h likes yeah. some more maybe triple h gets some say and says no he's yeah. an nxt voice he's perfect for me and he is perfect that's a, he's really good at nxt yeah he's, he's good again his whole their chemistry him and wade barrett have is really good and, and beth, beth I, has a really yeah, good job too yeah, i would argue they're my favorite commentary team out of all the shows like when i tune into raw i like byron i like graves i jimmy smith is fine but it is just kind of a generic three-man team you go to yes. SmackDown and it's hilarious and it's funny, but I when I'm watching NXT, those three guys make the product so so good. Even Beth, yeah. like, you know, call me a progressive, Gino, but even just hearing Beth Phoenix on commentary is kind of unique. It's different. It's nice to hear. It's kind of one of the reasons I liked Madison Rain on Impact commentary during COVID because you knew it was just her and Josh at home doing the commentary, and I yeah. thought it, I thought it fit. I thought it went really well. They kind of played off each other, like Madison Reigns, this legend in the ring, and you kind of kayfabe. You know that, or you know, breaking kayfabe. You know that they're married, but they still yeah. played it off like Josh is a sleazeball. I'm a Hall of Famer. Screw this guy. You know, it was just cool. It was, it was a unique way to do that show, so I really enjoyed that. And looking at Mace after getting attacked by Brock, um, I don't really remember what happened afterwards. Did he just kind of vanish until? retribution or was he in nxt he was pretty much like off tv until like retribution was his big return to television so he like was working i guess still like preparing to get back in the ring because he sold his gear because again he thought oh i'm gonna be commentator i'm gonna be here paul said it's gonna be this and it's gonna be your career for years from now you're gonna be good and be golden then he gets told oh you gotta be wrestling again so there was a period of time where he was streaming where he was like, hey, this is money for my gear because I have to come back to the ring now because I sold it. Well, and even... So he wasn't even doing coconut loops or shit? Like, after... He was, Rock like, eventually after he came, like, when he was prepared, he was doing coconut loops, and there was that was why his big return to the ring was that WWE PC video where it was him and his close personal friend, Mansoor, wrestling each other. The two big men wrestling one another, having the big man match that we got to the see. The big fight. man match. But they even, were that's the he was because he's getting Mansoor is bulking up. That's the Mansoor has been bulking no, up. No, I, I know the, I know the gimmick, but he's still he's still like a two hundred five live guy. He's but, a big man. But he's even the biggest. But, but big even this, there's a gap here. So from November fourth is when he gets beat up by Brock. He doesn't yes. debut uh, as Retribution until September of 2020, yep. and COVID shut everything down in March of 2020. So. Yep. Probably during COVID, I bet he wasn't doing shit. He's probably on Twitch. You're probably watching him. But I'm talking about in between March and November. Was it just, hey, you're off TV. Brock beat you up. We need you to just off. Pretty much. And he was just like streaming. There was a whole, again, he was smart enough to be like doing a whole watch long of WrestleMania those two nights because it was taped. So again, and that's why you could also see that he was there for WrestleMania. He was part of that whole group that was in the Gronk spot. Oh, was he? I don't even, I don't even know. Yeah, he got attacked. Like, when Gronk did the dive, he was there. The group of people, you can see a bunch of people there if you know them. 
Like yeah, I, so like Dio points out, like here's this person, here's, yeah, here's this me, person. and like everyone, like the thing is like Manny, Dia, uh, Demo, and Dijak were like, "Is that you, Brandon? Is that you?" They were like popping because it was a big moment. Seeing Brandon make his debut WrestleMania moment. He's so set for a WrestleMania moment. I hate to keep being your friend and saying your that's friend. like if he was. Again, he even said this also on his uh, Twitch. I think I told you this. He said that if he was in FCW when Jim Crane was there, he would be at WrestleMania. He'd have like five WrestleMania main events by now. I don't even mean that. I'm even saying this for this guy could be something way bigger than he is. And now I don't know. Like I'm learning more and more about the guy, about the person, whatever. I'm just looking at the credential. I'm looking at former football player trained by Booker T. Like those two things alone should warrant some sort of, and he's six, seven, like he has so many attributes that stick out to me as Vince would do something with this guy Make him Zeus. Do something to get him in a main event once or twice. Maybe it works out and he becomes Kane. You know, there's all these little spots that you can do with these big men. And I think he fits so perfectly in the mold that WWE wants to go towards. We're getting away from suicide dives and and shooting star presses and Phoenix splashes. We're moving away from all that. Here we are. We're going to have big men, big meaty men slapping meat. And we have a guy. This is the guy right here. And for some reason, it's just not clicking yet. Now, I'm excited to see what he does yep. on SmackDown. But it does worry me when I'm watching SmackDown and there's no mention of him. There's just nothing about him. Like You notice they made sure to get Sami Zayn on there, even if they cut his segment short. They know You notice that they got Sonya Deville wearing a referee shirt on there to screw Naomi. Like there's a lot of things on the show that suck. So why not just what what does his stuff suck more than the other stuff? Like there's there I refuse to believe that. Of course, and he does not suck. I do not believe in any way, shape, or form they believe that Mace in any way sucks. I think it's just they have to fill this two hour period with their ongoing stories and not really have enough time to just interlude a match that would be fun to watch because again what we had on raw is we had two matches that i well three that were really good and i was surprised for once in a mm-hmm. long while i actually enjoyed raw for three wrestling matches that were just good wrestling there's good matches on there more frequently than that i don't mean to it seems like this is like re- like I, I don't always I know, get like good i know wrestling. you're making a point and i know that he's your friend but i i I will say I have One watched my friend. <laughs> I have watched Raw where there has like even this past Raw with with Becky and uh and Bianca. I was shocked that that match opened the show and it was good. You know, yeah. like there, there are matches on this show that will surprise you every once in a while. So I can't just say, "No, there's no good wrestling on it." But and, and, there's sometimes it's like a Monday Night Raw when it's nothing good. That's there are some Raws where it's just like uh, it's just the three hours of Raw. Oh, sure, the but past, then there's times yeah. there's good wrestling matches again. There was that opening match was good. We had Gable and Finn, which I thought was an amazing match. I was surprised that they gave them time, and the finish was really unique. I think it, they did like the kind of double down spot, but Finn still got a shoulder. If you go back to the when they first went to three hours, uh, back in like 2012, there was it became like a it was just the thing. Hey, we're gonna have a good match every week. There's gonna be one. 10 to 15 minute match that's going to be memorable that's going to be good and i remember forget who it was exactly but i know it was del rio versus somebody but there was a good match on raw constantly and i remember del rio had one in particular and 
when they when he left, they someone posted like a stat of all the Del Rio matches on three hour raws, and he was averaging like fifteen, not fifteen. He was averaging like ten minutes of ring time, and it was like the highest average. Like, oh, they're letting this guy wrestle, and that was kind of what I thought Raw would be with three hours. Is hey, we're gonna have more like longer matches. Why wouldn't you? You have this yeah. extra time. We are wrestling fans. I know that you want to make sure you have, a, you know, it's SmackDown is fun. I don't even, there was probably, what, three matches this past SmackDown? But, you you know, you want to have your fun Xavier and, and Kofi segments and the Uso. Like, all that stuff is fun, and I get it. It's necessary. It builds the storylines. It builds the characters for those pay-per-view matches. I get that. But you still have, especially with Raw, you have a three-hour show. You can fit at least an hour of just wrestling on that. Like, and I didn't do the math, but I think there is pretty much like an hour of wrestling. Because again, there was the Bailey, either Becky and Bianca, which was pretty long. It was good amount of time they had. They also gave again Gable and Finn was a good amount of time, and so was. And I love this match, not just because one of my friends is in it, but because it's just a great hardcore match they wrestled. Was Punishment and Dijak. I feel like that got hulu'd. I know that I said that about their match last week. I don't remember seeing that or seeing any promos for that, but I have not finished the show yet. So yes. maybe. So you should. Hopefully that's in there. It has to be because that's actually a really good long match that I like. You good said their last one was good. That's what it that's, was. It was even bigger now. It was even better because they had no disqualification. That's what confuses me is sometimes like Hulu just. It's like the, the writers all agree like, hey, these are going to be the Hulu. This storyline will be a Hulu thing for a while. Like, I remember one week I was watching Hulu Raw and Stardust came out, and I thought, "What the fuck is happening here? Who's this guy?" And because yeah, like, they didn't get any of the buildup oh, for Cody, it's no, like, "Oh, here's, well, I'm gonna find you who your partner Dustin." No Cody stuff at all on Hulu Raw, and then suddenly it's Stardust came out, and I saw him with with Gold Dust, obviously. So I was like, "That's Cody? What happened?" So then that you know, as as he makes his Hulu Raw debut. They start to show the highlights. Braun Strowman and who's squashing jobbers. You know, I didn't see any of that. And then suddenly it's one week he's, you know, fighting Roman. And you're like, oh, Braun's, I guess Braun's serious now. Even Nia. Oh, my gosh. I was, I used to always tweet, Hulu Raw is a Nia Jax free zone. Now I go in waves with every wrestler, but Nia in particular, I could not watch Nia Jax matches. And when she was first getting on Hulu Raw, I thought this is the end of wrestling. Raw's dead. Nia's got to be the on Hulu Raw now. There's so much stuff to cut out. Nia's on Hulu Raw. And, you know, like I said, in waves. Sometimes I like Nia. Um, but right now, women's wrestling, you know, especially on SmackDown, I talked about it a little bit earlier tonight. Um, good God. Shotzi Blackheart's botched suicide dive. Naomi's botched springboard. Uh, now, we can have all the good matches we want. But, like, even that opening match of Charlotte versus Shotzi, I thought was really good. The botch stood out, obviously. How come Shotzi is turning heel immediately after? Didn't we just create a new top babyface? We created a kind of top babyface we thought with with Shotzi, but they do need another heel in the women's division on SmackDown because I don't think they have any besides Charlotte. I can think of at least off the top of my head. Right I don't now. have the roster in front of me. I don't have time to yeah. look. I just think, well, Sasha. Isn't Sasha a heel? That's I it. think she's like a tweener now. Well, now she's a baby face. She got beat up <laughs> real bad like that, and it, it made her a baby face. And I know that it's it, with Sasha, it's tough for us to keep booing her for very long. 
She's yep. so likable. She's smaller than all the other women anyway. Even though she keeps leaving, then coming back. <laughs> well, and a lot of that. I mean, this this one after WrestleMania wasn't her idea. That was that was yes. their idea. But but she, then there was that first one where she was gone for like months because she wanted to go to Japan and learn new holds, and we don't really see any new wrestling. From it oh. seems like it's the same thing from NXT, at least what I watch. But she has I good matches. Much I would give stuff. her. I would it give her. Great. Yeah, I would give her shit if she went. You know, like there are people that. Go and learn a new hole, and then they come back, and they still kind of suck, you know. Like yeah. people, yeah, like, she's always been yeah. good, but yeah, she went to Japan. Like I thought, she went there to trade and get. She wrestles the same style. I was like, okay, you're still good, but but did she actually? What did, were you gone for Japan for? I don't think she train? went to Japan. That never happened, did it? There was that video of her like posting where she was like went to go train somewhere. I thought it was Japan or Tokyo or something. <laughs> yeah, but that could just mean I'm gonna go work out with a wrestler. It wasn't like <laughs> yes. she's, she's not gonna be a young boy. But even like there are examples of people that leave WWE and come back way better. Like I look at Jinder Mahal yes. as somebody when he was at first the WWE, I thought what a useless character. What a, like now I liked him being like uh, great, a funny he, one. He turned, but he turned great. Kali heel again. Remember when he first got there and he made yep. he great. Kali was like his heavy. They had this, you know, okay, this guy sucks, but he's got the great Kali. He was doing the full Nelson slam, which did not work for him. And, yep. you know, he had really skinny arms, so he just looked terrible. He came back. Now he's doing, like, you know, he's got the knees, got neck breakers, he's got suplexes, he's buff. He looks great. Drew McIntyre, same thing. He, you know, when he was and first, then, yeah, he was terrible in WWE yep. when I first saw him. Not terrible, but just, you know, all right, they're really trying with this guy. When he yeah, went to Impact. To push over the chosen one. When he went Drew to Impact, I, yeah, so Drew Galloway was awesome in, in Impact. And it was I wasn't really watching super closely at that time. But I watched him beat Matt Hardy for that belt and or, you know, however that happened, because, you know, Jeff screwed Matt or whatever. And then yeah. Matt became broken. But either way, I don't think Sasha ever really left the company. Yeah. Like she only she took that time off because she was so burnt out uh, from what we've heard. She just needed some time away because she'd been doing the same thing for years. So she, yeah. she needed a bit of a break. She wanted to go uh, hang out with her husband. So I, I get that. But I look at her as, yeah, she's small. Which brand is Alexa Bliss on? I don't remember where she was drafted. Like, I just think this women's division, women's wrestling is in a unique spot on SmackDown, particularly. And just WWE. WWE, yes, absolutely. I watch, and I, and I hate to be this guy. I know I'm talking to you, and I've been saying this all night. But uh, Impact. I looked at Impact's women's division for the past year. I think it's been so good. Like when yeah. Taya left, I was really upset. Like, oh, that's a huge blow to their women's division. How are they going to recover? No, don't worry now, about it. Here's a quick question for you, though. Was Taya a big one or was Nevaeh a bigger one for oh, you? Ty- Which was the bigger <laughs> For me, I think when Taya left, as far as a – look, I would say for, for similar reasons, Taya leaving really affects the singles division. It really affects her and, you know, hey – we have a we have Taylor Wilde coming back. We need a heel for her to work with. Taya would be perfect. Hey, we want to get, um, you know, Tasha Steeles is is recently departed from Kara Hogan. She needs a new feud. Turn Taya babyface. Put them together. Like there were, there was a lot of Rose. You know, Rosemary and Taya were kind of a tag team for a little bit there. So there is like pieces that were had to be reshuffled. I think Nevaeh leaving was man. Havoc and Nevaeh are they have such a cool look. They're from Ohio. They, it works it works in regards to kayfabe wrestling and what we know behind the scenes i like them as a tag team uh it's a, it's just unfortunate that it had to end the way that it did 
Yeah. And, but again, impact has always been able to, as we've seen, be able to just bounce right back. No matter how far they do fall, it still just comes back into at least a neutral state where it's a net gain sometimes, but at least it's a net neutral. Sure. And, and look, I agree with you where were you trying to get me to admit Ty has a bigger deal than Nevaeh? Cause I will admit that 100%. I just think Nevaeh is a bigger loss than you're letting on. Nevaeh is really good. You didn't like Nevaeh? She was really good, but again, like they, they were not sure what to do with her. It seemed like, and when they had the feud with fire and flame and we had them again in 2020, making reference to the fire festival, <laughs> right? Which I was, I was like, why in 2020 talk about this that everyone knows about just make fun of it and then she was the stay puff marshmallow man so again something that someone stole from impact was aw aw yeah. stole from well, impact. they all stole it from ghostbusters but yes i yes but the stay puff marshmallow man unmasking was first in impact but i i agree with what you're saying as in regards to yes. they the- were like yeah who knows what to do in the van havoc just have a few that'll never end with the tag team champ isn't that what happens though when you introduce a tag team title when there's not really any tag teams? Like that's what I mean. When I look at Havoc and Nevaeh, they were at least a tag team. They dressed similarly. Fire and Flavor, absolutely them as well. But you still need to keep these teams around. And you look at their women's tag division now. There's really not tag teams. You have Tasha with Savannah, which is okay. You know, hey, we're we're kind of giving her a head. It's like Sean and Diesel. We're doing that, which I like. But Impact yep. seems like now, no offense to Impact, it's just such a stop right now. Kira Hogan knew she was ready to leave and go do something better. I think that a lot of wrestlers are going to kind of bail on Impact if they're even going to get – maybe they're not going to get a better place. Like, hey, I'm not going to be like a main eventer in AEW, but I'll, I'll at least make more money. It's possible, but at the same time, I have a feeling that Impact is going to still grow and not have like that much of a net negative and have people leave – to that point because again when you bring up the tag division again we have now Havoc and Rosemary which again they work well together I know you don't like Rosemary for whatever reason even though she wrestles well we have the inspiration we have the influence we have Savannah Evans and Tasha Steele so we at least have like four names that we've grown to and we can easily adapt and make more free apps we have to yeah, but having we also have John Grace and uh, Rachel, but that too far. That's true. Yeah, so I mean, there are they have paired everyone up pretty well, and uh, but then that also affects the singles division because who are the like? Assuming everybody stays locked into their tag teams, now you're looking at Deanna, Mickey James, and Taylor Wilde. Like they're they're kind of the oddballs in that whole division now, where they're not in a tag team, and just because you're in a tag team doesn't mean you're you're locked into it. Like I yeah, think just like Jordan Grace right now is the social, the, what is it? Media champion. The digital right media. So she could be a digital media. So she could go for other singles. She could go for the knockouts again. Yeah. And, and I, just run and look, back. And even Tasha Steeles can easily get into a program with Mickey James and you could just have Savannah Evans constantly, you know, be a threat on the outside. Like it's yes. Jinder Mahal and the great Collie all over again. So there are, yes, I agree with, with that, but I look at WWE's women's division as, I know, like, you just named 10 women in, who are involved in tag teams that are all doing something. You named yep. Jordan Grace, who's a champion. She's got her own belt. You Like, we just talked about Deanna and Mickey and Taylor. They all have an option on what they're going to do next. 
WWE does not have that at all. Like they nope. really do not. It really, it's it's their it's a curse with them, where they don't have um, any. If you're not in the main title picture, if you're not Bianca and you're not Becky, you don't exist. Like on Raw, I can't <laughs> name. That's why I have to ask you every time which brand is this female on, because we had this draft a month ago. I don't know where anyone is now. I know that Char- Charlotte. Shotzi and Sasha are on SmackDown. I think Z- Zelina's on Raw. Yes, with Carmella. With Carmella. The only other tag team right now. Yeah, because they went kind of together. I don't even know who the women's tag champs are. Nikki and they're still yeah. super brutality. Yeah, Nikki and Rhea, who I don't, I don't think I've seen them in the past two weeks. They were on Raw, thankfully. So Maybe. you got to see them. Last time was cut. Hopefully that's cut. Not the T-bar and punishment match. Three but I'm going to call him punishment because he's basically. What I like about his current gimmick is he's like Damien, but he also has a priest side. So again, he has Damien, which kind of is punishment, his old ROH stuff. And he has his priest, his new, he's like normal, neutral, good guy. So so he's like Jekyll and Hyde. Well, you know, so Damien's, kind of, Damien's a reference to the Omen. Yes, Damien is a reference to the Omen, but I just like the idea if he turns into Punishment Martinez. Are they calling him Punishment? That's what they're doing now? Nope, oh, they okay. do not call him Punishment. That's it's you doing He's that. unleashing the Demi- Damien. That's- you unleashed the Damien, not the Demon, the Damien. Well, I bet Vince probably was asking backstage, why is he Damien Priest? What does it even mean? So he and probably, now he understands. Yeah, he's probably making him lean into it a little bit. Because it's a cool name, but yeah, it's clearly a reference to the omen and then Catholicism. So it's clearly an exorcism from both sides reference, which, which I like, I think it's, yep. I think it's cool, but looking at what we talk about the women for, I, I know we were talking about yes. the women. We are talking about the women are like, we don't know where they are. When we only have like the few in a few. Oh yeah. We were talking exist. about Hulu. I wanted to let you know, Hulu cuts out like three things. I think, I think because Hulu is 90 minutes flat. So you look at Raw, it's about 120 minutes or 115 of actual screen time. So it's usually, uh, it's, you got to cut a half hour somewhere. So it's typically yep. three things are getting cut. 24-7 division is usually a, a, usually getting cut. Some sort of women's thing is getting cut. And then there's always one other like random, like, whoa, I didn't even know Angel Garza was still with the company. Like normally that's getting cut. So I, I probably won't see most of that. But I look at this women's division on raw and i don't and even yeah that super brutality thing i don't i don't when did they win the belt who did they beat for the belt it it seemed like they had such a great vision and direction with this championship boss and hug could have been champions for years i felt iconics could have been chasing them naya and tamina could have been chasing them there's all these built-in teams that they had and it just seems like every chance they get they separate everything that's true. And also, like, even before they had the tag team titles, I still remember the good period of time where we had the uh, Total Divas team, which was Nikki, Bree, and Alicia Fox. We had Team Bad, which everyone should always remember Team Bad because they had the Street Profits team. They had the Street Profits team. And then we had PCB. We had this perfect group, and we didn't do anything else with any other women. It was yeah. just always those three, and we didn't care about the other women. It's, but it even it's seems, always been their problem. Even with that, at least we know what every person is doing. We know what everybody's gimmick is. The PCB thing I forget about because it really does feel like, oh, my gosh, Paige was with Charlotte and Becky. Like, what? It, yes. it, it almost doesn't fit. Submission sorority. Yeah, it almost doesn't fit. Like, you look at Absolution, that makes total sense. You even look at the Riot Squad, that makes total sense. 
Like there are these groups that they did later on that made sense. Like Team Bad did not make sense. Sasha's the boss. Why is she like pay, playing second fiddle to Naomi? It's just they made interesting choices during that era. But at least it was, hey, we got to get more women on this show. And that's what their goal was, and it worked. And now here we are years later. Charlotte's still on top. Sasha's still on top. Becky's on top. Bailey came later. She's recovering from an injury right now. Um, but I, I just – I look at wrestlers like Natalia. I look at Tamina. Uh, even Zelina to a certain extent. I'm so shocked she's back in the WWE. She was so ready and primed to go somewhere else and make a huge impact. Uh, pun Pun intended. And I, it seems weird that she would go back there. Even as Queen Zelina, I don't think her and Carmella have much of a future. They might not, but they're going to win the tag titles. Hey, because that's we great. We have no other reason to do them. Have the baby faces chase them because that's bad. Well, even uh, even Xavier might even or win break that. up the baby face. Xavier might even have that title. Well, and Rhea's <laughs> honestly, Rhea is due for a heel turn. Like since coming to the main roster, she's had no character really. I was shocked when they put her in front of a live audience and people were cheering because I was for weeks saying she's stale. There's nothing here. All she says is you Charlotte. Like that was like her, her catchphrase was just saying Charlotte's name because she never said anything else of relevancy. And obviously my good friend, Steven Larson were saying, Oh, well she's just reading what they're giving her. and It's not good, which sure. I agree with that. How can they give Charlotte stuff? And it sounds good. So I like, I, I don't know. I think with Rhea, I think maybe if you turn this, this, I wear leather and I'm dark and I wear the dark lipstick, turn her heel and let's just see where that goes. I think Shotzi's a weird choice because she's so likable. And I don't know, Rhea to me is a lot less likable. Let's, let's flip that. Why don't we make Rhea this badass villain? And Shotzi's clearly the underdog all the time. So I don't know. I don't, that seems a little mixed to me. I wish I was writing for WWE. I wish I was in these meetings where I could hear what their real plan is and why Sachi, Shotzi Blackheart is not a babyface like she should be. Yeah, I would wonder what their real think they think this long term plan is if they even do real long term book here. If they just do week by week, which is sometimes what we hear is they do week by week and they they used to actually do long term booking for like four or five months from now. Did, did they, though? Cause now, now, what era? If you could pick out an era where they did that, do you know what that would be? Because I've heard – I agree with you. Like, when I – even when I watch wrestling in hindsight, I – even now, there are times where we look at storylines like, it's so obvious Seth is going to be Brock at Mania. You know, there are times where, yes, we see it coming from a mile away, and they give it to us because that's just what makes sense in the storyline. But there are other times where I even look at – like watching in hindsight, there are sometimes like look at WrestleMania 2000, one of the worst ones in history. That fatal four way was such a clusterfuck. Like it seems like a lot of times we praise WWE for this excellent storytelling and weaving in of all these characters, but other times whatever works, just they just go with that. Hey, uh, Kofi's getting hot right now. Let's just put him in the main event of Mania. Let's do it. And again, that sometimes is what they do. Again, there was the whole. Yes, movement, which kind of changed things, unless that was all created and made sure to have happen because of CM Punk leaving. It was supposed to be Orton and Batista. That's really all it was. No, again, I think it was supposed to be Punk. Punk was going to like somehow force himself to be in there, make it a triple threat, but then it was Brian getting the push instead. It's possibly could have done that. 
and then be like, see, we're doing it for Brian. This could have been you because you had the face tag Triple H first. Like we would have done that could have put you in the triple threat. Well, CM Punk so again, said that he was told like he was going to work with Triple H. Like That was yep. where they were going was authority versus Punk, Triple H versus Punk at Mania. Punk walked out. Brian wasn't supposed to be involved in any of that shit. Yep. Like, but it was, now they were like, but he went, I think since he mentioned Brian being God, they should push because it should be Brian's time. They did. was like, we should do it. And we'll do it despite him because we'll first have Brian wrestle Triple H like you were going to do. I, and then you get the world title match. I hated Punk during that whole era, by the way. Like, yeah. When he left WWE and his whole story, and it just, it was complaining and it was whining. And look, he, and I understand, but he, he put everything into that company. And when he was excited for, hey, what's the WrestleMania plan? Oh, you're going to be working Triple H. And he really wanted a main event. He really, really wanted a main event. When that he, is a main event. When he saw, I know, but you know, you know how he is. He wanted. Yes, he, he, wanted thought he wanted the last match. He wanted to go on last. He wanted WrestleMania to end with cult of personality and him holding a belt up high, which yep. could have happened. I, I do think, you know, you look at what happened with The Rock. The Rock took over that spot for those two years, and you know he was he was the top guy, not named John Cena, in the company. So in his vision, in his mind, why is he not getting this? Why is he not getting that last spot? Shouldn't the, and he, he said this in uh, I think it was his documentary where he was fighting Randy Orton at WrestleMania. He said it's WrestleMania should be the top heel and the top babyface. And for some reason in this year, WrestleMania uh, 27, he was wrestling Randy Orton and Miz who wasn't necessarily the top heel in a lot of people's minds. People looked at The Miz as like a surprising champion. Like, how did this guy win this belt? He's going to main event a show. Like, the biggest event of the year, it still took a while yeah. for people to accept that Miz pill, where CM Punk was such a great villain. I think he had already main evented a SummerSlam or something. Like, there were, or even a Hell in a Cell, didn't he, with Undertaker? Like, you could, I believe so. You could believe him in the main event of WrestleMania, and I thought him versus Cena in 2011, that, you know, obviously it, it ended up working out pretty well with the pipe bomb and everything that transpired over the summer. But he missed it in 2011. He was bo- boxed out by The Rock in 2012, boxed out by The Rock in 2013. 2014, I don't know why he felt like it was going to be him. He was clearly the the lesser version of Daniel Bryan by that point. Like, we were doing yes. We weren't doing whatever Punk does. So... I don't know. I, I remember him leaving at that time and his whole, it, you know, I deserve to go on last. I, you know, I, I'm glad that I changed wrestling. I don't think that him, like their long, their long-term booking that you and I are talking about was Batista is going to return and win the Royal Rumble. Him and Randy were in evolution together. They're going to have this, this final clash, this face off at mania and Batista's back baby. But uh, I don't know if there was anything long-term or short-term about that. Right. But to answer your other question about like the idea of where I think, or when I think they started really doing long-term booking is I think Paul explained that he, when he was running SmackDown, that he was on the uh, call for WrestleMania, like planning ahead for WrestleMania, what they were going to do. Is this back in like 20, call. this is like 2001 or two. Yeah, when he was in charge of SmackDown, he was on the call. He actually was listening in on the Raw call, but he didn't intentionally yeah. mean to do it. Yes, he said he didn't mean to. He had the phone still on the hook because he wanted to be prepared for when his call was. 
he says so a lot they, of things. So I just want to point this yes. out. You know, he says a lot of things that aren't again, true. Again, he does. And sometimes they're true, sometimes they're not. But again, he then told Vince, if I were to listen in the call, you know, I would. I would try to find ways to do it. Because again, his phone hung up during the raw call. And then they heard that this person has left the call. Yep. So again, like that's the story that was told. So again, like around that time, they planned ahead to Mania. I think there was the free Winnie said that was, it was after or before Survivor Series. Well, he was so, like, out of SmackDown Creative, I think. I think it was around that. This well in December, he was still doing the stuff with Brock and Big Show and and Angle, obviously, and then Angle. I think he was still involved for a while there. Maybe it was even, yep. maybe it was even because he was the SmackDown general manager until '04. So I don't know what, how legitimate it was as far as behind the scenes what he was doing. But even with that, we look at that 03 era. Like, let's look at – sure, I think there was some long-term booking as far as uh, Brock gets screwed at Survivor Series, loses his belt. Okay, we're, he's going to win the Royal Rumble. He's going to get the belt back at Mania. All the other pieces, it does seem like we're a little more randomized. Kurt Angle was a babyface fighting Big Show at Armageddon in December. And you go to January – he is now heel. He's got Paul Heyman. He's got Team Angle with him now. It was a real sudden, hey, let's make Kurt a villain. And that way we have Brock going up against, you know, the, the odds are stacked for Brock. Now that is lo- more long-term compared to some of the other stuff we see today. But it still was, oh, shit, we need Kurt's going to be champion, but he's a babyface. Switch him real quick. It'll be him versus Brock instead of him and Big Show. Yeah, so again, that could have been just something quick they did because they probably planned it and thought the idea of it, but then they realized, oh, we have to make it make sense to the people. You know, we might have to rush it. So they then had to, like, rush this group idea and Kurt went about because they're group helping. And I think Booker T was completely randomized. Like, when I look at, if we can keep talking about 03 booking, uh, because it was which babyface isn't involved in anything. Because if you watched... Uh, that that era of Raw, Shawn Michaels, Triple H seemed like it was the obvious. That's what we're building towards. Now, after Shawn lost the belt at Armageddon 2002, and Triple H went into that two month program with Scott Steiner, it was kind of okay. We're gonna get back to the Shawn thing at WrestleMania, right? It's Shawn and Triple H. It's they fought at SummerSlam. They fought Armageddon, Survivor Series. This rivalry needs to end here at WrestleMania, and then they pivoted to Jericho and Sean. And and look, this is why sometimes at WrestleMania, I do think the title should be involved somewhere else. Like, I was the one screaming Wade Barrett versus Daniel Bryan uh, was going to be for the WWE Championship at that WrestleMania with Punk and Jericho. I was like, Punk and Jericho doesn't need the belt. It's best in the world versus best in the world. Use the title to build up another match. And that's what I think happened at this WrestleMania where Triple H and Booker T sounds cool, but you put the, the world title on the line. It's like really important. So I, and I think that Jericho and Sean didn't need the belt. So I look at sometimes it is, I question the booking decisions. And obviously as wrestling fans, when we watch it from that perspective, we always question the booking decisions. But when I look at today's wrestling, as far as what's long-term, what's short-term, like this Roman stuff is it seems really long term. Like we're building towards something. Everything else in the middle is all short term. Like I agree. We're kind of just throwing pieces at the wall. I think Brock's return was a little rushed. I don't not rushed in like a negative way. I just mean, hey, AEW is doing really well 
We have this WrestleMania pay-per-view. We want it to fucking explode. Bring back Brock. Bring back Becky. I think there were other plans before they decided to go with what they did. I could agree with that, and I could see that possibility. At least Brock, I do feel, was quickly put out there to be like, we got to make sure we win this ratings war. We're now going to try to make happen with AEW. Sure. And yeah, we're going to put him on Fox because Fox was kind of annoyed by the dip in the ratings. And it, it was tough for yeah. them to book shows during COVID because there was no reaction. And I don't know. I, I really look back at the COVID era. You hear Adam Cole tell stories about wrestling in front of no people and how it's impossible. But put put the wrestlers in there. Give them some sort of feedback to kind of let them know when the matches are good or not. Because we've seen good empty arena matches. So yes. I don't know what it was about COVID where we thought maybe we weren't, we didn't have enough agents letting them know, here's what you should do. This will work. Trust me. Um, Cause even the Thunderdome shit could have been better. And maybe that's where Fox was like, once they got out of the Thunderdome, they were like, bring back Brock, all the big guns, bring them out. We need everybody here to the point where USA was like annoyed. How come they get Brock Becky the Fox's edge? Why do they get everybody? Give us something over here on on the flagship show Monday Night Raw. So I don't know. And when I hear long-term, especially if we bring it all back to the women's division, what is the long-term plan? Because right now it seems like all we know is Bianca versus Becky. We're not building up the next person. Like, who's the next person after this rivalry is over? Liv. Has Liv been? Was she on Raw this week? They had Liv, like, be face-to-face with Becky after her match in a promo segment she had. Oh, so we're going to live nice. next, which is cool, but has Liv been wrestling every week to the point where I think she can nope. beat Becky? And that's the problem is you look at the men's division, you look at Seth and Edge just had this amazing program over these however many months. Seth and Ray, however many months. Seth hasn't – there was a meme – there was not a meme, but there was a, a post today. Seth Rollins has not been WWE champion since what? When he when – he, relinquish the belt or some shit like he hasn't been the wwe champion for in like five years it's been a long time since he was last wwe champion he's been universal champion multiple times but even these past couple years he hasn't even been universal champion and now he's going for that belt they've done a good job keeping him relevant keep keeping him in the main event and this seems more long term where i think he might beat biggie for this belt and i could throw that out there um but you look at the women's division, they don't do that. They don't have that same mentality. I'm almost – do we get rid of the brand split for the women? I wouldn't be stressed we do that, and we do that both for the women's singles and women's tag and throw in NXT. Just have the NXT women's tag titles, just form that with the women's tag titles so we can get more people's eyes on the NXT product, which because the idea of NXT now at 2.0 – is that we're getting people prepared to be on the main roster quicker, so we just throw them on there. So why not just have them on TV more with the main event people as well? Do they do 205 Live after SmackDown now, or is it still NXT? I think it's after NXT. If yeah, it's that's because still... uh, uh, Trash was just there, and he said it was 205 Live matches. Perfect. The, the, we should do the women's stuff in NXT and carry it over to 205 Live. I'm not watching 205, 205 Live anyway. If you tell me that's the show of Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, Bianca, they all have their own brand now. I know that, that Mickey James would love that. I think it would allow the creative team to treat treat it like like the men's division a little bit. Now, I don't mean to be this guy calling out the differences between the men. I'm very I'm all about inclusivity and diversity, 
not segregation, oh, not segregation, because that's what this is, putting all the women on their own cor- in their own corner. But I think it would at least force the creative team to kind of look at all the women and put them in storylines. You know, they're, they're so there's simple things they can do. Remember the Mandy and Dana versus uh, Natasha and Natalia, sorry, Natalia and Tamina thing. It was so simple. They can take a five second segment every week and just do something that leads to a match. It doesn't need to be long. It doesn't need to be a match every week. You can do li- much like the SmackDown versus Raw video games. You can have them trash a locker room, do something backstage to at least build towards that one that one on one, two on two match, whatever. But you can have every woman doing something. You can have every female have their own individual character. Because how often, like even what's the difference between uh, what's the difference really between like a Liv Morgan and and a Dana Brooke? What is the difference in their characters? Uh, right now or back then? Just right now, like right now, like because what's what is their gimmick? What's the difference between the two of them? Dana Brooke is doing nothing. Liv Morgan is in the title picture. But is that like their character? Like that is their character now. They're just. The same blonde woman, just one is in title picture, one is just in the well, uh, backstage the, area watching the television. Who better than Spliff way. says Liv ain't a household name. She's not. That's true. Dana's a household name. But even, like, what describe Drew McIntyre's gimmick right now. Uh, Scottish warrior. Scottish warrior. He's got a sword named Angela. Like, those are two simple things. Liv Morgan doesn't have one thing that I can name. She used to work at Hooters because I listened to Kevin. Like, that's the only – I only know her from us goofing around about her. There's not really – they don't have her doing anything. Even the bathtub shit. Like, that led to nothing. Um, it did lead to something that she was in a lesbian angle with blood. But how brief and how useless that, was that? It didn't lead to – I mean, it freed up Bobby Lashley, thank God. But it didn't, it didn't lead us anywhere. It's not like Lana and Liv had a kick-ass match at WrestleMania. They, You know, even looking at – you look at Carmella when she first came, even as the princess of Staten Island, I could point to that and say, I get that. Even Liv with the blue tongue at least was like, oh, she's wacky. She's got a blue tongue. There was yeah, something about her. she did for that was Jolly Ranchers, which I thought was interesting. That's all she used is Jolly Rancher one time, and it's like, that's your gimmick. You're just yeah, going to do that. And, every- and hey, that's I'm actually okay with that. Blue hair, blue tongue. You know, this this chick's a little wacky. She's part of the Riot Squad, which, you know, the, that one girl's all punk rock. This girl's a hunter for some reason, but either way, she's a Viking, not just hunter, Viking. But even well, now she's a Viking. But back then, she was going to set a trap and she was going to get the bait. So, but even then, I knew what Sarah Logan's gimmick was. She was like a, yes. a southern, like she goes hunting. She knows the wilderness. She's rabid. I got that. Well, live now. There's nothing other than she's a cute blonde chick that people like because she's cute and blonde. She's a good wrestler. I I like her matches enough. But I'm just saying, I'm throwing it out there. There's nothing to her gimmick, really. So the men, every man has a thing. I mean, Johnny Drip Drip, you know, Seth Rollins and his drip, uh, similar as those are. Even Jinder Mahal with his I Have Indian Bodyguards. you know, like And Mace is cool and tall. Yeah, Mace has got face paint. He's, he's tall and cool. He's like uh, he's like a Mad Max character. That's what I – him and T-Bar were very Mad Max-inspired. So you yes. can kind of tell – what these gimmicks are, Liv doesn't have one. Dana doesn't really have one. Rhea really doesn't have one. I know that she's the nightmare, but, 
What about her has been nightmarish? Like she's smiling. She has brutality. Does she? She comes out smiling. It's brutality she, in the ring. She left that Charlotte Flair gimmick without the belt. She's she hanging out. She beat Oscar with, at WrestleMania like Charlotte did. Like Nikki Ash. Had, like her gimmick is like almost a superhero, but it's really been toned down. I mean, you know, she had a big moment winning money in the bank, winning the title, but they've just been relegated to the back of that line. There's really nothing going on in this women's division where I think. I'll say it again, Gino, putting all these women on their own brand, like Mickey James said, would kind of force you to uh, – and, and look, I'll give credit where it's due. Masha Slamovich, uh, uh, Lady Frost, like even NWA with their women's division, at least each female has something unique that I can point out and say, oh, this female's gimmick is this. Like I can look at Slice Boogie. He's got his character. He's like a New Yorker. He's a tough guy. And then you look at Masha Slamovich. She's Russian. Uh, that's why her name is Masha Slamovich. Yes. And since we brought up Masha, I'm going to say this because I found this thanks to GCW's Twitter. Masha Slamovich is having a match against Mercedes Martinez. That should be a good match. And even Mercedes Martinez, where there's not much of a gimmick there. OG. Yeah, she's just known as kind of an OG women's wrestler. She's she's older. She's had matches for every independent wrestling company in the world. Made it to the WWE, kind of past her prime. And is still just respected as you can look at matches from the early 2000s and she's having matches way back then. And like she has, it's all built in. So even Mia Yim, like Mia Yim, even with the, the HBIC, the head bitch in charge, like there was something yes. there. There was something. And when she was the uh, man killer, that was also kind of cool. She just actually had men match. Like one of her big matches that's on her YouTube, I think still is her match with the big dog, Andrew Everett. The big seven foot tall giant Andrew Everett that everyone loves. I don't know, man killers. I, I don't. I don't mean to be this guy, but is there any striking allowed in these intergender matches? Yes. I feel like a man would just punch her in the face. They would just change. And everything. Andrew Everett would flip and do some dives. That's you. You don't like Andrew Everett for some reason. Who's Andrew you didn't Everett? Like him in, he was tag teams with uh, Trevor Lee in Impact. Tag team champions. Very forgettable. I don't even remember this. You don't remember Andrew Everett. They were part of a seven foot tall. That was so he calls himself seven foot tall. He was the big dog. He's a giant, but he's like the dude who flips. So you know you're describing his green rope impact, and I did not like green rope. Was that really green rope impact? I hated Trevor Lee, by the way. He was one of my when I saw he was the X Division champion with the it was the green X Division title. So I don't know if it was the green. I don't know. I remember like and Helms Dynasty was prior to Helms Dynasty is perfect era of ladies does not like this show. <laughs> and when I, cause again, watching it from a distance, like watching now, it was like hindsight. Sure. It was okay. It wasn't as bad as I thought, but from afar, I grew up, not grew up, but AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn, Chris Daniels, low key. I, my X division was awesome. Chris Saban, like a, a Kazarian, mm-hmm. Amazing ex- Samoa Joe, Ama- Abyss, uh, amazing ex- yes, and now in, again in that period of time. Then later we get DJC, we get fuck, they get Trevor Lee, Andrew Everett, Gregory Helps managing well, the two. Well, I saw I saw Zima Ion, right? And I've yes, you saw D- some I ex- DJs. I experienced a little DJZ, but in particularly like Trevor Lee, I just saw him, and I watched maybe one match where he wasn't. And this probably isn't fair, but he, it wasn't that good of an X Division match. Like when I tune into the X Division, I want, I want Chris Bay, Ace Austin, TJP. Like I want that. 
I want high and flying. <laughs> I want high flying, but also technical. I want, uh, you know, exciting, and I don't know what's really going to happen next. Trevor Lee didn't really give me that. Like Trevor Lee is Cameron Grimes. Oh, home run, amazing, because he isn't trying to be this incredible in ring X division wrestler. He's really just more of a character. He's really good at playing a gimmick and having a match based around that character. Trevor Lee, whatever it was, I just saw a guy with no nothing on his arms. He just looked like a hairy, useless guy. And hit the match. The the one or two matches that I saw weren't very good. So I just kind of thought, oh, okay, well, this guy sucks. And for some reason, he's the X Division champion because he knows Greg Helms. Yes, and that's the whole point is that Greg Helms helped him retain that title because they were heels. It was kind of, again, I thought it was cool because Andrew Everett's a good wrestler. Well, and even looking at it, Andrew Everett, yeah, I don't remember this guy at all. Um, the giant thing, that sounds kind of funny, but, yes. yeah, I, I didn't see it. I don't remember it. And I'm not a big intergender wrestling guy. I I, I, hate I to, understand. I hate to be to be this guy, but and, and you look. I was a Joey Ryan fan, you know, and I thought his stuff with Candice LeRae on the Indies was was actually pretty entertaining. And I was into the dick flip for a minute, but at the end of the day, when I watch wrestling and I see that gimmicky, cartoony stuff, that anime stuff, it really does. Like I don't know. I kind of want to still pretend it's a little bit of a sport. You can't have matches. Who better than Spliff says, remember Norv Vernum. I do remember uh, Norv, wasn't Norv. it Norv Fernham? Or was is he mixing the letters on purpose? I think that was actually his name, Norv Fernham. I don't yeah. think he actually mixed up the... I just remember Taz loving him. That's all I remember. Because <laughs> he was around. He stuck around for a minute, didn't he? He kind of yeah, came did. in and came out. And Either way, I just remember, like, I look at, I guess, 2016, 17 Impact as, or 2017 even, as really, really skippable for me. Um, so Trevor Lee, he couldn't have done anything that would have made me want to watch. Maybe. Maybe not. But maybe we can see. Maybe there is a pay-per-view that really is like, this guy can work back then, and now he's this great character, Cameron Grimes, that still is making money. I think he didn't he's, lose his money. I think he's better in WWE than he ever was in Impact. I think he's one of the – he made the right decision going to WWE. He listens to Triple H. This is a good character for him. I love it. Even before this, even even when he was to the moon, Cameron Grimes, he was great. You know, he it, yeah. it all fit and it made sense. And again, they don't have an X division, so maybe him wrestling without that expectation of I'm watching Cam uh, Cameron Grimes, like I don't necessarily expect him to do you know Trevor Lee, not Trevor Lee. I don't expect him to do um the current champion Trey Miguel stuff. Like I don't yes. expect him to do that. But when I like like I, I say this constantly to you, you were telling me to watch Impact. I didn't like yes. Rich Swan, but when I was watching TJP, when I was watching Chris Bay, Ace Austin, Trey Miguel, I'll throw in there. Uh, even the Rascals, I kind of came in when they were leaving. These guys were having these really really good matches, really fun matches at the beginning of every episode of Impact, and I would I would go for that. I would go to watch that stuff. Now, they would do things like Wrestle House that would make me not want to watch. But ultimately, that X Division is so important to that show in a lot of ways yep. because it is this unique wrestling style that nobody else is doing. So I think I, that X Division is so important, even though we all complain about it. It still is to this day. And what's great is, again, did you have a chance to watch last week's Impact yet? I don't believe that I have. You should try to take some time tomorrow if you can, or Thursday before. Yeah, I probably get it. I know in, we're gonna go early Thursday, Thursday since we got like a three-hour show. To go. Yeah, 
But uh, hopefully again, the audio great. Works. starts off with Moose, which was awesome. The new champion has a great promo that it's been shared around the internet all over the place, but it's really good because he, he went viral. Yeah, he went viral calling yes. out Reigns and calling out Kenny and yeah, and Kofi and Biggie and the boss, the queen. So he even is willing to beat up women to show he's the greatest and prove that he's the greatest champ, which I would say Moose is. But isn't it also kind of like the the R Truth stuff we were talking about earlier, like he's yes, clearly he's like this independent guy who's like just mentioning them. But we who've watched him for years, at least I have. I know you kind of dropped out some parts during his career. Like he, <laughs> him has and Killer Cross, hard. they were great together. I liked it. Killer Cross was really good. Well, that was so like, like I was carrying. I was seeing at least I was following them on Instagram again. All right, I'll say it like that. I was <laughs> during that them. time, you're kind of seeing what he was doing. Yeah. But like not really watching his match, it's not seeing like how Eli Drake stole his title opportunity from him. Right. Yeah, all that's yeah, I wasn't paying attention to that. But yeah, I mean so, I heard it was a good promo. I saw the promo on Instagram, yes. but again, like yeah, I, I watch it and everybody the wrestling world's freaking out that he said these things. It's like, yeah, no shit. Yes. What else was he gonna say? Like Yes, he was it, gonna say he gave him the best in the world and not mention others in the world. Impact is so meta they're so hip yep. like they do it constantly we we even heard like remember the the eye versus eye match or whatever the eye for an eye match yes. with eddie and you know oh do you think i would really book something like that how are we going to deliver stupid. on something like that that's stupid you know it's they yes. constantly are taking jabs even when taya was leaving when they found out that she she shot johnny bravo she made a uh, larry d shoot johnny bravo and, lawrence d and yeah it was you know, well, she's either going to go to uh, Connecticut. Yeah, she's going to go to Jacksonville uh, State Penitentiary or Connecticut Maximum Security or whatever it was. So it was like, you know, okay, we, we're acknowledging the other companies. Like, she's probably going to go to Jacksonville. That would be good for her. Or what would be terrible is if she went to New York. So, you know, it's ended up in the worst case scenario because now she's. Not in the title picture. She's just there, and Robert Stone's getting to be on TV more than her. She's being wasted in NXT. I agree with that. I think that NXT 2.0, she came, she went at the worst possible time. Yes. If she would have got there a year before, it would have worked out. I And, of course, has Johnny Moon – what's his name? Johnny – John Morrison, <laughs> has he been on uh, Raw or SmackDown lately? He's been on Raw doing these meditations where he's finding his inner chi. Oh, that's pretty fun. Yeah, so but I'm just like, because when I see him, I'm either saying like it's Johnny Mundo or Boone the Bounty Hunter. Did you ever watch that movie? Of his? I, I love, I loved that movie. No, yeah, I, so it's such a good movie. I <laughs> love, really good. I love lame action movies. Like if there's an action movie with like a 2.1 rating, I want to watch it. Like it yes, makes, it makes me want to watch it more. Is um, Boone only two points? Isn't no, that it's like not three that. At that. Well, yeah, it's like pretty high. on IMDb, <laughs> I think it's like a five out of ten. That's so, true because it's such a good. Yeah, it's a fifty percent. It's a good average. Movie. It's <laughs> I a good know, average. Action I, I movie like Johnny Mundo. I like, like low budget action movies. All right, call me call me a cisgendered white male, but I I don't know. I like a good movie where it's like oh, it has somebody that I you know I I, I watched that movie with Dolph Ziggler and thought it was awesome. That uh, what's it called? Like out of time or something? I can't remember what it was yes. called. Yes, and uh, did you ever watch that one movie with uh, what was it? It was Kurt Angle and what was her name? That one chick was in Dirty for a short time. Jo- Joy Jonovich, Jogovich. It was like uh, yep, yeah. but it was like he's like this. He's the, a- the antagonist is Kurt, and the woman's the protag. I think I've never seen. It was, this. Oh, there's one movie with Kurt. 
Well, I know he was in Warrior, but you don't mean that one, right? Not that one, though. Warrior. He was also in Sharknado. You don't mean that one, right? Not that one. He was also. I'm just kidding. Um, I got to look at his his acting career. Greg was in one where I forget the name of it, so I just try to pull it up. He was in Pain and Gain. I remember that. Yes, that was a good movie. Uh, Pro Wrestlers versus Zombies? That was a really good one, but not that movie. It's. What was it called? River of Darkness? Not River of Darkness, I don't believe. It is. Death from Above? I don't believe Death from Above, but hold on. I've named every fucking movie this guy's been in House Horse Cops? Let me check. I'm looking up the acting. Dylan the Dog? The name will come back to me, I'm sure. Okay, let me. Sharknado 2, the second one? Not Sharknado. It's. Not cool? The, I remember the covers, him and the chick. I forget the name of the chick. Wait, waking up? It's wake. Endgame? I don't. Endgame. Yes, Endgame. Oh, that was the first movie he did. All right. I like that that was. Yes. It's not a clickable link, so I don't get to. That was why I didn't. Yes, it's uh, Jenna Maraska. That's her name. That's the chick. Who, who, was she in WWE? Jenna Maraska. She was a wrestler. I remember she was a wrestler. Didn't she just wrestle in TNA, though? Didn't she have that terrible match that everybody hates? Yes, I believe so. I, I think that's who you're talking about. But either yes. way. Dan Maraska and Kurt. It's a really good movie. Oh, it sounds great. I got to check it out. But I do love a, I do love a shitty action movie, and this this seems like it's right at my angle. Yeah, I think it's Jenna Maraska was – I think she was in TNA, but she's, like, from Survivor or something. I don't think, yes. I don't think she was a wrestler. But, yes. 2009 uh, rated R. Oh, this chick looks hot. 2.1 stars. That's good. Jenna Maraska. I don't know who that is. But either way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like I like all shitty movies, so yeah, that that, yes. that works for me. I mean, I I like a shitty movie when it's decent. I don't like a really high budget. Like when I watched Transformers for the first time, I thought it was a huge pile of dog shit. And to this day, when I rewatch it, I watch it with my son, and he likes it. So I go, okay, I get it. This movie's for two and a half year olds. So yeah. like there there are movies like that where if you tell if everyone tells me you're gonna love this, you gotta see it. Frozen 2 is really good. And then I watch it and I'm like, this is the most convoluted, dumb story I've ever watched. Same with uh, the Hobbit movies. Good God. My buddy, the... I, I look over and he was like this. He was just knocked out cold. He, what a boring movie that was. Yeah, I um, since we're talking about kind of shitty movies and I really like some shitty horror, have you ever seen this movie called Thanks Killing? Is that Goldberg? No, it's not Goldberg. Thanks Killing is this uh, very low budget because they use a camcorder. Oh, and the, <laughs> the antagonist, the killer, is this uh, puppet that is a turkey. It's oh, a living turkey that kills people. All right, and then all there's right. a sequel called Thanks Killing 3 because Thanks Killing 2 was so bad it killed people. All right, no, that's too, uh, that's too inside for me. That's too, too bad. Too... That's too cool. Yeah, that's like that's <laughs> almost like... Uh, like shark, Sharknado, I give kind of a pass to, um, because I like you know that that I give a pass. You to. like some stupid, but not bad. Yeah, stupid, like this is kind like of intentional to be bad. Yeah, like like that. What was that movie? Rubber with the tire. Like a lot of yes, people, killer tire. A lot of people like that, so like it makes me kind of revolt against it. Like you know, I I just I push back on it and go, no, that's not what I I like. Boo and the Bounty Hunter. Okay, like that that's yes. a good. That's a good mart. Like that'll let everyone know what I really, really like. Yes, Boone the Bounty like. Hunter. But either way, then, yes. yeah, I look at um, 
What are we talking about? Fucking Kurt Angle. Oh, before we we're go, talking about Johnny McDonald. Before, yeah, before before we go. we'll move on from WWE for a second, and we'll talk about WWE. Kurt Angle on his most recent podcast said he thinks Bobby Roode can still be a WWE champion, uh, as far as like world WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Now I watched not him. Universal. In, I yeah, not Universal. They're on different brands. Uh, I watched him and Dolph Ziggler job out to RK Bro, and yes. I, I'm wondering, like, Kurt, I agree with Kurt. I look at Bobby Roode. I, look, I even look at Dolph Ziggler. I look at these guys with their amazing bodies, and they're still able to cut promos. Is there any believable way Bobby Roode gets to the WWE Championship before he retires? And you can say no. I... This dirty dogs thing, they've been going on for a while, and this is one of the tag teams they didn't break up. They didn't break it up, and it also is one of those tag teams that they just threw together. They really did have nothing for either one First, of these guys. Yeah. They just kind of plugged them in because – and I feel bad for Bobby in a lot of ways because he did go from beer money, you know, or he went from Team Canada to beer money. And he had a, a great run as a singles, but then they threw him in a team with Austin Aries. And even as a fan at that time, I hated it. I was like, oh, man, why? Bobby is – like, can you imagine if Triple H goes on this amazing reign of terror? Uh, imagine if he ever did something like that. And then after the reign of terror, he just wins tag belts. Like, it just felt like, oh, you're really, you're really relegating this guy to the back of the line. And then before his time in TNA is over – He's hanging out with James Storm again. And I remember watching, and it was fun, like, cool. We always love a, a reunion. But the, he did, he does all that, right? Now he goes NXT. Great. No more tag teams for Bobby Roode. Here he goes, NXT champion, singles run we've always wanted, gets the U.S. title, kind of is a little stale. There's not much of a gimmick there other than my theme song. And then they put him in that team with Chad Gable, and I just thought that's the end of his career. He's done. There's never – there's nothing else he can do to kind of fix himself. Now, he goes from Gable to Ziggler, wins belts again, but it still just feels a little bit like, uh, you know, there's we got nothing for you. We'll just put you in a tag team, and we can get you in a one-on-one -on -one match every couple months. But other than that, this is the rest of your career. But, like, with that, I could see – in the future in some capacity him in a singles run possibly in the title picture and maybe winning it one day i could still say because he's still not that young but he's younger than some that are kind of in the picture he's 45 i mean he's yeah. he's that that age of like a bobby lashley who and he's in good shape like age almost doesn't matter anymore as long as you're in good shape like i think i think a lot of guys are proving that if you're ricky morton yeah. and robert gibson and you've never done a sit-up you're probably not going to make it in the WWE, but you're going to be great on the independents. So yes, you'll be able to do Canadian destroyers all the time. Oh, sure. constantly <laughs> dropping Canadian destroyers on on people that are are not deserving of even sharing a ring with legends like you. So, and by the way, I got I got to bring this up. I just saw it. I I scrolled past it too fast. But when you go onto Bobby Roode's Wikipedia, it's a little more forthcoming about ego being a thing. Yes, um, I saw. She told you. Yeah, it says uh, on October third, Impact Wrestling, there was a gauntlet match. Ego eliminated both Daniels, or yeah, eliminated Daniels before Rude won the match, making Magnus submit with an ankle lock. As a result of defeating Magnus, Ego 
held a mock Hall of Fame induction for Rude yes. the following week. So this is when I think was this Rude turning babyface or I don't no? Know. He was heel because it was all about Kurt Angle's induction or Stinks. Oh, that's two. right. Yeah, they were doing a Hall of Fame for Rude. He was going into the Ego yes. Hall of Fame. The ego Hall of Fame. Yeah, they're a little more forthcoming on Roots. It was, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian, fucking blip on their radar. Bobby Roode, most Bobby important thing, <laughs> most important thing he did in 2013. But either way, I I, I heard I this went viral. I don't listen to Kurt Angle's podcast anymore. I like that he's doing one because it does give us stories like this. I just I look at Bobby Roode and what it would take to get. First of all, how do you get out of your second tag team in WWE? And what what gimmick change or character change or what do you have to do? Like, because I look at well, remember when Ziggler fought Moxley at that SummerSlam or well, not Mox, well Ambrose at the time. Remember that SummerSlam? They kind of built this. Hey, this is the land of opportunity. Even Ziggler is getting a title match. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And I look maybe there's something like that for Rude, but there would need to be such a such a radical change in what he is slash what he's doing to become a relevant world title contender. And I could see there could be change because Davey likes to change everything. So one day we won't, we won't, and we shouldn't, we should not be surprised if we do just all of a sudden see dirty dogs turn on each other. And then they both come singles guys have a feud and then, possibly one of them goes for the world title in the future but even if they break up there's such a footnote on these shows anyway like i feel like now here okay here's the serious now here's what we're gonna do who's the champ big biggie okay who Biggie's is what we need to do is almost actually like another ego kind of deal where this tag team latches themselves to whether it's the the this new i don't know if he's really heel but this new authority figure like we need to put them with like a Vince McMahon or like an Adam Pierce or they're kind of henchmen for this larger faction. And then Bobby Roode becomes like the baby face star that breaks away from this group, starts fighting with the good guys and then somehow beats that good guy anyway in a one-on-one match, then becomes champ. Like it could happen, but I just look at where Bobby's at right now. There's no fucking way this guy's ever becoming the, the WWE champion of the world but Gino we've talked so much wrestling we need to prepare for Thursday I think the poll is closed I think I set it to end like now yes. so, so let's see to make sure what got the win they, yeah. are we going to be watching our troops one and only world championship match WWE one and all is this really his only one he never had like anything on like a house show or I don't remember anything that's been on television or TV I pay for you so I, bet this, he, I think it's his only one I bet he's had so many house show title matches like I remember I saw John Cena versus Kurt Angle for the WWE championship at a house show and they tore the fucking house down so let's go to my profile oh my buddy is uh my buddy Xavier putting up uh some stuff Let's see. Let's go to my page. Now let's go to the poll. It looks 26 minutes left. Can I vote? I want to no. watch SummerSlam 2003. I want capital punishment now. Did you? Because I Genesis isn't winning. No, we know what you did. 26 I minutes I voted left. Genesis. How many? Does it tell me how many? each? Can I vote? I want to vote. This no, is you already stressful. voted. I already voted. 4%. Are you? There's no way it's changing. My vote only got seven percent, which is stupid. So we're gonna watch Capital Punishment this 
Thursday. Um, I don't really remember. Now, with SummerSlam, did we look at the card before? I don't know if we did, but we can go look at the card right now. I'm, I'm nervous because I don't want to look at the results. Like, I want to just see. Uh, I see, like, an advert for You know what? Not even Let's not even look because I know that it's a great pay-per-view. Can't wait to That's watch That's why it's it. only one of its name. That's what makes it so great. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Well, and, all, and obviously, they booked a pay-per-view in Washington, D.C., so they kind of were, hey, what should we name it? Capital Punishment. It's a great name. Yes. Just like we only had one, only one breaking point. We had one, only what well, other one time only did we get? Well, we had a breakdown. But breaking, we had a breakdown. Breaking point was because of the video game. They were like, "Hey, we got to do." Uh, yeah, because it has a new submission. It's got system. the new submission system. We got to do breaking point, and uh, yeah, breakdown was another. But I think that might have been just after they were doing all the in your house stuff, and they were doing one off names. Then they had Roadblock, and then they had Roadblock with a subtitle. Roadblock, end second. of the line. Yeah, they were, hey, we're going to have two Roadblocks in the same year. Um, I'm trying to think what else was like a good one-timer where they just kind of threw it. I thought New Year's Revolution was going to be a one-timer. turns out it was what? Yeah, it, but it became a multi-year thing. I think it was like three <laughs> years. So it was like three years of that, or maybe four. Um, Insurrection, but that was also That European was the UK stuff. Yeah, the UK stuff's a little invasion. different. Well, uh, Tuesday in Texas, they did that once. Um, even the big event that was only once, but of course that's a, such a generic. We can only Cyber have Tuesday. They event. did that for a short time, then they turned Cyber Sunday, which get both short. But I still think they only did two Taboo Tuesdays. I think I think it was like oh four oh five, and that was it. Um, and then switched to Cyber Sunday. Which, by the way, those would be good to watch too, because I remember I I really enjoyed Taboo Tuesday, and um, I don't know if they were in on it, but Wednesday was a half day at school, so we still were able to have like a party and. Because nice. my parents were like, it's only a half day of school. You guys can be tired. So we were able to stay. And I was on the West Coast. So the West Coast, it's not a big deal to watch a pay-per-view at 5 and it ends at 8. So that wasn't that big of a deal. Um, either way, it looks like Capital Punishment is the winner. Just off the top of my head, some of the matches that I do remember, obviously R-Truth and John Cena on the SmackDown side. Um, Christian and Randy? Yes. All right, we get Christian and Randy. Those, those guys had... Really good matches throughout the entire year. Um, this is CM Punk and Ray, right? Maybe that's still. Are you them. are you looking at results? Or are you looking at? I don't want to see results. I'm not looking at anything. Okay, I think CM Punk fought Ray, and this was like, yeah, this is a good show. I can't wait to see it. Capital Punishment this Thursday. I'll be back with Kevin tomorrow for the whole effing show. Thank you guys so much for coming in and hanging out. The all the audio issues in the first hour. Goodness gracious! I like. I'm even hesitant to release this. Like everything about me holding a microphone and sounds that kept happening, and I kept looking at the audio waves going up and down because sometimes I'm holding the mic really close, and other times I'm like talking and the mic's right here. I'm just all over the place with this one Gino. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But not a good start to 2.0 when the microphone breaks, right? Yeah, it's not a great start, but again, you at least have a start being that the people who got to be here live got to see myself live with you. You're here. The room is clean. We'll dive more into your personal life while we're watching Capital Punishment this Thursday. Because I re-listened to that watch-along. I, 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 I don't even watch along. I just listened to the audio, and it was great. I, I like it, it just the, the way we discuss what's on the television, but also just wrestling as a whole, then your personal life. Oh, it was so good. It's like a four-hour yeah. podcast, but it's so good. So It is. Just, I hate that during the Taker match, I didn't talk about how much of a 
great and the greatest pure striker he was. I missed at least saying that once or twice because he deserves it because he is the greatest pure striker in all the rest. You and Michael Cole, the only two that tell me that. And I'm glad that you both you both let yes. me know constantly. So let's go ahead and sign off for tonight, everybody. Thank you so much for coming in and putting up with me, putting up with the issues that we went through. But we're all we're all better people for it. I'm gonna try and maybe the maybe it's this cord. Because I'm even looking at it on this microphone. It doesn't really go all the way in. So I have another cord. So maybe I just plug in. Check this out, Gene. I got another cord. Maybe I plug this in. And maybe this will fix all my woes. Hopefully. And that's how you could try out before you go live Wednesday. And hopefully it will fix those woes. Yeah. Test out for like a few minutes. Not just like a few seconds. But I go, it works. And it doesn't. Yeah, I'll record a, I'll record a podcast right now. So <laughs> with this with this new set with this new cord and new mic. So uh oh Ricardio says to refresh the poll, Gino. No, uh, don't don't tell me. Did this. he vote? Oh, it's look, it's uh no movement. Little to no movement. Maybe he voted. Uh, don't don't tell me. Ricardio might We want pu- capital punishment. We be, don't want summer slip. He might be the swing vote that we've all needed. To get oh, SummerSlam over SummerSlam. the top, Gino. SummerSlam is a big deal. Why don't you want to watch the greatest? I want the one-off pay-per-view that no one talks about. Well, there was never another SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We don't have that as one of the big four. I've never heard of it other than 2003. <laughs> Plus, how many of them had Sable as the cover? Not many. How many of the pay-per-views had John Cena with the U.S. flag on the cover? Uh, WrestleMania, right? I don't believe WrestleMania did have like John Cena as like the, the WrestleMania Seven. Cena. I mean WrestleMania Seven. I mean yes, that was John Cena WrestleMania Seven. I could see that. Thanks again, ladies and gentlemen. Again, more changes coming to how we distribute these feeds. Vleeties is obviously Vleeties Two Point The wrestling discussion with Gino or whoever wants to join me. Message me on Twitter. Message me on Discord. I don't care if you want to talk some wrestling with me on on mic. I will do that. And uh, then yeah, me and Geezy. Probably going to be moving to our own separate podcast feed that is a social commentary when he and I record an episode that isn't uh, destroyed by terrible audio. We'll get those posted as well. So, again, thank you guys so much for coming in and hanging out. If you're on OBS, have a good night. Love you, Quigley. Love you, Ricardio. Let's see. Oh, let's hit refresh one more time and see what happens. I don't know. It's still not showing this vote, Ricardo, that you put out there. So he says he voted, and it it showed it was tied. So we won't know what we're watching until we're already done streaming, Gino. Yeah, we're going to have to wait for the last second of when we're done streaming, when it's counting down the last few minutes, and we just watch, and we see which paper will be the one we have to watch. Will we watch SummerSlam, something people have watched multiple times over? How? Or capital punishment, but the one-off show. What do you mean multiple times over? How many times have you watched SummerSlam 03? Probably twice. I've never watched Capital Punishment, if I could throw that out there. I've never seen it. Probably the Randy Christian match I watched, because I probably – like, this was during – this was before, obviously, the network. This is when I was watching pay-per-views on Justin.TV or on, daily, or on Daily Motion. So I don't think I've ever seen that Capital Punishment. I do think I watched the Ezekiel Jackson winning the IC title if that's the opening match. And I remember like, oh, this isn't a good show. Fast forward to Randy Orton. So, yes, we'll find out. Have a good night, everybody. So, 
There's the stopping of the streaming. Gino, thank you so much for coming in and dealing with all the issues, my friend. No problem at all, man. At least we got to work for as long as we need to, man. If it did, we'll find out. I'm going to have to listen to this audio right now. So you have yourself a fine evening. I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow for the Renee Paquette Clip of the Week. Hell yeah, man. Have a good night. <laughs> Later, Gino. So there is Gino. Thank you guys so much for still listening on the podcast feed. And like I said, uh, if you ever want to be here live, I mean, obviously there's a party happening here constantly. And yeah, me uh, with the audio woes that we had, my microphone broke right before we went live. And I didn't even know it. I was just talking into a broken microphone. I'm assuming it's this cord. So we're going to try a new cord, see how that works. But again, thank you so much for being a loyal subscriber and listener. Keep an eye out for the hashtags and headlines podcast feed for in the coming weeks. Uh, I might even use that because I even want to do some some solo stuff. I want to get back to doing some solo stuff, much like you hear me now. I wanted to even experiment with maybe like just kind of some storytelling and going through certain times in my life. Because even talking with Gino, you know, we just referenced, you know, kind of his personal life and his depression. I do think that there is some part of me that wants to do almost like not a self-help, but just share my experience because I do admit all the time that I have suffered from depression. And I think I think we need to get away from a world of trying to find out what makes you depressed or why you are depressed. Like if you knew why you were depressed, you you would get away from that thing or you would you would know to not do that or be surrounded by that. It's how you react in your depression. And I think I look at no offense to my good friend Sonic Gino now, but I look at Gino as somebody who he buries himself in wrestling. He buries himself in I'm going to be at home and I'm going to, I'm going to not go outside. I'm not going to experience life. And I think that there is a little bit of a, it's our safe space. It's safe to be at home. It's safe to never leave. So I want to at least share some stories and maybe just experiment. You know, there, there, there are, I, I've even listened to like old, like the tomorrow show with Tom Snyder. And just hearing that is almost like the first podcast where it was this television show and it was so anti-television show, and it didn't even know it. There was no live audience. It was a night show where he would just talk to his guests. They would just talk. And it was this unique, slower-paced conversation with no other noises. And I know Gino and I have those conversations, but maybe not about wrestling. I want to actually have somebody on here who does some other things. You know, Maybe get a musician on here and just ask about their process. I can do the Chris Van Vliet shit, too. Not just Chris Van Vliet, so... Maybe I'll do the Chris Van Vliet show starring Bleedies, but we'll see where that goes. Again, thank you so much for putting up with me, um, and enjoy your night. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good day if you're listening to this in the daytime. Would you rather have wireless on the most reliable network nationwide or unlimited with 5G for $30 a month per line? You don't have to choose with Xfinity Mobile. Wireless so good it keeps one-upping itself. Most reliable based on Roots Metric U.S. report. Results vary, not an endorsement. $30 per month per line when you get four lines. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month, where you'll find J.D. Power's number one brand and new vehicle quality in 2021. And right now, get 0% financing for 72 months on the 2022 Ram 1500 Lone Star. For 2021 J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Not compatible with any other offer. 0% APR financing for 72 months equal $13.89 per month per $1,000 finance for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital regardless of down payment. Not all buyers will qualify. See dealer for details. Offer ends 5 2 22.